Stop whacking your junk. What are you thinking? It's got to hurt. I mean, you know, it, you know, it hurts his junk. Poor, poor junk. Yo, Joe! We'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe! G.I. Joe is there. It's G.I. Joe against Cobra the Enemy, fighting to save the day. He never gives up. He's always there, fighting for freedom over land and air. G.I. Joe! Joe is the code name for America's daring, highly trained special mission force. Its purpose, to defend human freedom against COBRA, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. He never gives up, he'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe Hey everybody, this is Star Joe's Real Animated Hero, episode 103. And I am Robert Atkins, and with me we have... Ryan. And John. And welcome back, uh, everyone, and welcome back, John, for joining us for another rollicking adventure in the <laughs> G.I. Joe cartoon universe. So, um, I have to tell you guys, for episode 102, it was extremely difficult to find a quote uh, to put at the beginning of the episode. Not because there wasn't any but because there was too many good ones. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. It's just going to compound as we go. Like, there are just so many ridiculous quotes in these. <laughs> I'm, like, listening. I literally was putting down, like, ooh, I got to do that one. Oh, wait, no, wait, this one's better. Oh, wait, this one's better. <laughs> like, there, I think there was, it still ended up being Robert in the end, uh, but, John, there, you were a contender at one point. Well. Them, so. But, uh, yeah, it was it was quite humorous, so... Um, all right. Uh, I figure we'll just jump right in cause there is a lot to talk about with these episodes, <laughs> this next five. So, uh, Oh, so many things. Um, there was a, there was a couple of good ones, yeah, but there oh, some really fun ones there. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's definitely some good ones in there, but there's, uh, yeah, there's some contenders for worst GI <laughs> Joe episode ever. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, so the very first or the next episode that we come across is uh, Cobra's Creatures, and as as usual, you guys feel free to jump in at mm-hmm. any point through my synopsis to give your <laughs> thoughts or ideas on any of this. So. All right. All right. So uh, I did mention that with Cobra's Creatures, I completely forgot what the episode was about, and I thought there was a chance we might see the Fatal Fluffies again. <laughs> or maybe we'd see like the Cobra pets instead of the Joe pets or something like that. But uh, that would have been yeah, cool. no such luck. <laughs> no. So uh, we open with Flint, Mutt, Junkyard, and Ripcord flying in Sky Strikers uh, and about to test a new parachute on Junk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, the dog. Yes. Okay, Junk is junk, the dog. The dog. Uh, who's fl- who's a flying co-pilot with Mutt? Right, and uh, he. There, it's an automatic uh, parachute that opens up at a certain altitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first thought with this is, I'm boy, they must really not give a crap about junk because I don't know if I'd be okay. Like, let's, let's test, test this let's on test this. It. <laughs> let's test it on your pet. And Mutt was like, he must have been fine with it. You know what I mean? Like, you don't see Law and Order up there. Like, no, Mutt was like, no, I'll take junk. We'll throw him out of a plane. <laughs> 
<laughs> and the and the animation was perfect because the look on that dog's face when the ejector <laughs> shot out was priceless. Uh, um, well, I, I do like that it was actually kind of explained because Flint's all talking about like, hey, throw your your plane on autopilot yeah. and I'll take you guys back. So I'm like, well, that makes sense how a dog could be in the this plane in this plane and also how people just bail out of sky strikers yeah, and the plane right. doesn't crash <laughs> that's the thing i noticed because remember there was an episode a while back where a bunch of them jumped out of a plane and yeah. we were like who's flying the plane <laughs> exactly they just take off and, and this is the first time i think they actually explain it yeah yeah yep. so um so as they fall uh they are actually uh ripcord mutt and junkyard are launched out and as they fall they are they're scooped up by a net by cobra and they're taken captive Right. I realize that Cobra at this point has must have stock in nets. <laughs> well, it's like some <laughs> weird energy net. Yeah. You know yeah. So it's like glowing. They corner the market on all forms of netting. They could just make their fortune, you know, selling nets, quite honestly, and then fund their entire terrorist organization. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure you guys are going to have something to say about this, but uh, back at the Cobra base, a scientist named Dr. Lucifer. For- oh. <laughs> Okay, he's the bad guy. Yeah. In case you're wondering. Yeah, let's soak that in. Dr. <laughs> Lucifer uh, shows Cobra Commander his latest invention that allows one to control any animal. I wonder what Dr. Lucifer's first name was. <laughs> I think it was Stan. Beazelbub. Beazelbub. Yeah, yeah. Beazelbub Lucifer. <laughs> My parents hated me. Nick. It's Nick. <laughs> Nick Scratch Lucifer. That's his full name right there. <laughs> Scratch. Uh wasn't Scratch a name for the devil, too? Wasn't that at one time? Um, let's see. They uh, they test uh, this device on the newly captured junkyard, and they sent him loose on Mutt, who Mutt sent out into the jungle. I, well, first, as Dr. <laughs> Lucifer is presenting this new weapon to Cobra Commander, he's like, it's my high-frequency weapon. Let's just call it high-freak. High-freak? High freak. like... <laughs> What gives this guy the right to nickname his own invention? Like, that is completely Cobra Commander's job <laughs> to begin with. Secondly, the device, the gun that he shoots, looks almost exactly like an old Captain Power jet. You guys yes. know what I'm talking about? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the handle and the awesome black jet. Yes. I would just wait for him to shoot it and, like, some pilot fly out of the cockpit. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh, the thing is so cool. Well, it's funny. As soon as he said he wanted to call it High Freak, I immediately thought of Chris Angel with his Mind Freak. <laughs> mind Freak. <laughs> Let's call it Hype well, Freak. <laughs> not, to men- not to mention the fact that Lucifer's girlfriend's name is Professor Attila. Attila, I know. I thought Attila. that I was like, okay, could we not get more perfect right now? <laughs> Lucifer is in love with Attila. No duh. <laughs> well, and then whenever Cobra Commander references Dr. Lucifer, he doesn't call him Dr. Lucifer. Yeah. He just calls him scientist well, like, through the entire episode. Dude, he, knows he, he does call him Dr. Lucifer when he's happy with him. He calls him scientist when he's pissed at him. <laughs> yeah. The second you hear Cobra Commander say scientist, you know you're in the crap. Like, it's, all, it's over. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, that, uh, so, like I said, uh, Mutt is actually sent out into the jungle, and then Junkyard sent out right after him, even though he was told he would be given a head start. Uh, Dr. Lucifer just wants, uh, in return for, uh, this device, uh, his love who's in prison, which is, uh, Dr. Attila or Professor Attila, um, Ripcord is knocked out while Mud is running for his life. So, you know, we don't see Ripcord then, for a little like while. The, the, the noise or the voice or whatever, the sound of, of, uh, sorry, of Junkyard, it's just like this crazy, <laughs> did this stand out to you guys? He's just like, rawr, rawr, rawr. <laughs> 
like, <laughs> this bizarre <laughs> this bizarre noise for a dog. I understand he's kind of possessed, but yeah. it didn't even sound like a dog yeah. at that point. Well, I love, too, how it gave him glowing eyes. That that was my favorite part too. That's <laughs> awesome. It's that special, that weird crystallized glowing effect, that yeah. special effect that completely brings you back to the eighties. Just yeah. that nostalgic feel. It's so cool. Because whenever they would fade to black, you would still see the glowing eyes. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so then we have Cobra Commander uses Doctor Lucifer's device to take control of all the animals around the globe. Uh, he sends lions to a power plant, whales to surround an oil tanker. <laughs> And locusts to take down some of the Joe's uh, skyhawks and dragonflies. There's like wolves in Russia back yeah. at, at Red Square well, again. Yes, wolves are in Red Square, which shows the effectiveness of the Russian military once again. <laughs> they just ran. They're nowhere to be seen. It's just an empty Red Square. They're like wolves. Run for it. <laughs> and then there was rhino rhinos. Rhinos in London. In London. Like yes. hundreds of them. Where do they come from? <laughs> it's like rhino. The rhino farms were overrun in London. It's over. And then wasn't there a bunch of elephants like in a downtown area? And they had like hawks or eagles. I didn't know what they were like outside the U.S. Capitol. Um, it was just yeah, very bizarre. Like you know, what's funny. You know, what I found kind of funny too. It's it's one of those things. Details again. If you write about the time they show the rhinos in London, they show a television screen, and like a you know in front of a. TV store, I guess. Yeah. It had Sony written on it. Oh. <laughs> there was product placement in an 80s cartoon. <laughs> Beyond the toys. I thought that was really, really funny. Nice. Oh, gosh. Yeah, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. So now uh, we have Mutt is actually out in the in the jungle, and he's being hunted down by uh, Junkyard. And he actually has to uh, hit Junkyard with a branch to get well, him. For, first off, like, as... as as Junkyard is chasing him down, like I don't understand why Mutt didn't just climb a tree or something. Yeah, I mean, like he's he's running, he's running, he's getting tired. He's like, oh, there's there's nothing I can do. I can't take it anymore. And then Junkyard, you know, comes leaping up at him, and and then what Mutt does is he just like he breaks off a tree branch, right? And he's like, I don't want to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he just completely like wax wax <laughs> old junk with this club, right? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, is this an episode of DC Noise? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like Mutt, stop an old stop junk with whacking your junk. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Stop whacking your junk. What are you thinking? It's gotta hurt. I mean, you know it. You know it hurts his junk. Poor, poor junk. Especially you're using a tree branch. I mean, it's. I know. Brutal. I thought that was one of the more dramatic scenes in this uh, set of shows that we watched. It's just yeah, the fact it actually, that he was. really showed some pathos yeah. and was very upset about having to. Knock the dog out. Whack his junk, yeah. (laughs) I was just so, you know, on Mutt's side. I was just like, oh, this this relationship between him and junk. And And then he whacks his junk. And and he's just whacking it and not, you know, beating it (laughs) to a pulp. (laughs) Beat his junk. I know, over Uh, and over. So then then, uh, he, he knocks junk out. And uh, he goes to actually go check on him, and Junkyard actually just starts attacking him again. <laughs> <laughs> I know. At first, I at first I had forgot how this. Um, yeah, I thought, oh, oh, he knocked him out. When he wakes up, he'll be fine again. But no, he wakes up and his eyes are all blue, and they're <laughs> like, ah, crap. <laughs> so then we go back to uh, the Joe base, and Doc actually figures out. <laughs> this cracked me up too. Doc figures out the animals must be controlled by high frequencies, and the Joes make a plan because now they know that only Dr. Lucifer could come up with such a device. Yeah, exactly. 
uh, world-renowned. Uh, I will say my personal favorite thing about this this episode too, though, is that the fact that the device has these big yellow buttons that have <laughs> must have yes, every animal, animal. <laughs> ever created little silhouettes of them on there. And uh, apparently this Dr. Lucifer is so brilliant, he made this this control panel idiot-proof. I mean, it's like <laughs> kindergarten level, maybe preschool level control panel. It's like McDonald's or, cashier <laughs> panel where it's like, <laughs> point to the Big Mac. <laughs> Cobra Commander's like, hmm. Who um, should I send to London? Well, and then I'm, oh, sitting, I'm sitting there thinking about all the animals that are in the world. I'm like, that panel would have to go around the room. Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> get every single one. Um, so Dr. Attila is actually released from prison and, uh, she's taken to the Cobra base, but Dr. Lucifer right away knows it's not her. Yeah. Scarlet fails miserably at this. (laughs) Like almost every time a Joe or Cobra character goes undercover, it, it works brilliantly, right? Like they get away with it like every single time. But the second Scarlet tries it, she goes in, she's like, ha, I'm (laughs) Dr. Attila. And then she was like, he was like, this is no Dr. Attila. Like, he just knows immediately. Well, because he evidently is in the S&M because he's like, she'd be smacking me in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Cursing I would be insulted in. before I would even. Yeah. yeah. I was like, seriously? Um, and the part that really cracks me up about this is that no one thought to follow Scarlet. <laughs> yeah, they just send her off on her own. And then she gets captured, you yeah. know, in classic Duke style and gets thrown up there with Ripcord. Yep. So, yeah, so they get, she puts, gets put in the dungeon with Ripcord and, but she does, uh, she is, she taps a, the signal. Yeah, she is that. able to tap her signal. Yeah. Uh, from her arm bracelet. Uh, but as she, as she does this, uh, Cobra commander and Dr. Lucifer and all that come in and they sick a thousand spiders on them. Mm. Um, which, you know, she later points out that she's not a big fan of spiders. Well, actually, if if you remember too, like before they sent Flint, uh, Scarlet under undercover, Flint, like he's in charge this entire episode. Flint is in charge. Like, yeah. Duke is nowhere to be seen. Like yeah. he's not even mentioned. Yeah. And and this ha- happens quite a bit in this series of episodes. And it wasn't uh-huh. until later that Duke is like Duke was off on vacation or somewhere. He comes back, <laughs> and uh, and he you know starts taking over again. But Flint, I remember he says specifically, "I sure could use a plan." Like, he says that very specifically, and then that's when Scarlet's like, I have an idea, and which fails miserably. Like, what were you thinking? No, never let Scarlet come up with another plan no, ever again. That's it. It's over. So uh, then we go back out to the, the jungle, and uh, <laughs> Mutt is fighting Junkyard, and an alligator actually attacks them in the water. Right. Uh, and it goes after Junkyard, and Mutt saves Junkyard. He's doing some gator wrestling. Yeah. Wrestling. Yeah. Um, which I'm sorry, I love my dog, but I'm not fighting an alligator for my dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, Johnny. Especially after, I mean, especially. I, th- I think Mutt loves his dog too, but he just beat him with a stick, and then he's like, <laughs> "But I'll wrestle this gator to save him." Yeah. So he he does save him. He comes back onto the shore, and Junkyard still is going to attack. <laughs> I know he doesn't appreciate it at all. Uh, back at the Cobra Castle. Uh, Spirit and Snake Eyes with uh, Freedom and Timber uh, are going to make their way into the castle. And Snake Eyes is all ready to jump into the water, but Spirit pulls out a, a drumstick <laughs> from somewhere. It was it was like in a picnic lunchbox, right? It was like in a picnic basket. And he's like, sorry, Timber, I must take your lunch. Yeah. And, and we're like, what? And, and that's he drops Timber's this lunch. like, Yeah, it's Timber's lunch, which is a huge turkey leg, you know, of all things, right? He dips it into the river, 
and it's like a piranha detector. Yeah. You know, like this thing immediately just like the water bubbles up, like he pulls out. He's like, oh, piranha. <laughs> and you're like, what made, what made him think that this this might be stocked with piranha? Like, what, why would you think that at all? Yeah. Well, and and the thing is, too, I'm thinking like, man, the Joes have some really great MREs if they get a turkey drumstick. <laughs> like, I know. like They're just carrying this around the jungle. Well, we might get hungry before we attack that castle. So what they decide to do is they decide to pretend that they're the prisoners of freedom and timber. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and the guards are just like, oh, this makes perfect sense. (laughs) Because so many prisoners have been brought in so far. We're taken in by animals. These animals are so intelligent, they must be controlled by Dr. Elizabeth. Um, they they break in. They're able to free Scarlet and Ripcord, who then wipe all the spiders off them. Which I'm thinking some of those spiders have already bitten them at this point. Yeah, they'd be dead. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the rest of the Joes attack from the outside, uh, while the team inside actually attacks the device. And we get you know. And I kind of thought when when Freedom and Timber were bringing them in as as prisoners, it was kind of like the Luke and and Han Chewie trick. Oh yeah, like Very the Star Wars, so. you know, like fake yeah. prisoner trick. Yeah, and then um. But so sorry, keep going. But basically, the rest of the Joes come up to attack yeah. the castle here in a minute too. Yeah. So we get freedom. Actually, attacks Cobra Commander in the hand, <laughs> bites him in the hand. Right. I'm like, man, these Joe pets. If it wasn't for them, <laughs> they must have combat training. I think. Yeah. Well, it wasn't there an eagle button. Like how how are <laughs> all the animals in the world? It's kind of like the Pyramid of Darkness. Well, exactly. the there world. was like the, how are the, these animals not in control by somebody? how how is Timber not in Red Square, Russia? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like how does he get out of that? <laughs> he's. You would think he's still on his way there. I mean, exactly. Like I'll be there. Don't worry. Start without me. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so the other, uh, the other Joes break in and, uh, well, they break in because the other Joes come up to the castle and there's this huge moat, right? right. Surrounding the castle. Right. And to me, and, and they, they bring in all these, uh, vehicles and it's like a huge GI Joe force that's ready to attack this castle. I'm like, yeah, bring on the bridge layer. <laughs> because I thought, he's like, oh, how do we get across this boat? How do we get across this river? And I'm like, bring it on bridge layer. <laughs> Yeah, we need, then, we need more bridge layer. We need more bridge layer. And then, no, no. instead, Flint just straps on a, a jet pack, right. Right, a rocket pack, and just flies over, brings the bridge down. I'm like, ah. Yeah, because there wouldn't be a hundred, like, Cobra troopers inside ready to shoot him as soon as he showed up oh, over the edge. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> oh, speaking of the bridge layer, though, I did look it up, and I found out who did the voice of Tollbooth. Right, who's that? It was Michael Bell. What, really? Yeah. Really? Yes. Uh, oh, I, I put wow. I put toll booth uh, voice actor, and it came up saying it was Michael Bell. So, well, it's not like he. I mean, he was there every week. They could have yeah. had toll booth more often. Right. Exactly. There's no excuse. I understood it saying if it was maybe like a guest actor, he wasn't around ever to do the voice again. Well, and then after talking with Bill Ratner <laughs> and realizing that they did do multiple voices, I started yeah. really paying attention to that. And man, there are so many times you hear. <laughs> Other characters. Yeah, you can tell there's only five voices for G.I. Joe doing, like, the hundreds of characters. It becomes pretty obvious. Like, every every Cobra guard, every uh, civilian they come across is just somebody else's voice trying to do a a different, you know. So uh, Cobra Commander tries to make one last attempt to, like, turn up the device and but it gets the device gets blasted. All the animals return to normal. Cobra Commander escapes, of course. Uh, And even good old junk turns back to normal uh, and s- right before he was about to eat 
Uh, Mutt, and Mutt just gave up. He's like, that's it. Yeah. I give up. You can eat me now. <laughs> he did, too. He was just yeah. like, I can't fight yeah, Jimmy. I'm that. done. Yeah. Well, wrestling gators is exhausting. Oh, sure. Um, so the Joes capture Dr. Lucifer, and they lock him up with his love. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Attila. Dr. Attila, and the episode ends with with that. So You know, and this is just well, one of, of almost every single one of these episodes that ends very abruptly. Like, in the last two minutes, it wraps up, Cobra Commander screws it, and it's over. Yeah. But, but, but wait, so it ends, Mutt says, I'm dog-tired. Yeah. <laughs> and we get that shot of junk looking at the screen, I wish his eyes would have glowed. That would have been the best. <laughs> that would have been so awesome. Just to turn to the screen and, rawr, rawr, and his eyes would have his glowed. Eyes would have would, and, and then yes, just and you cut, get that little, it just cuts, G.I. Joe. You get that little end with uh, where it says the end with a question mark appearing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> ba, ba, ba. Ba, ba, ba. So uh, anything else with this episode that you guys wanted to talk about? No, it was pretty no, ridiculous. It was fun. Yeah, it was, fun. it was pretty, pretty. Yeah, it was fun overall, but yeah, a little pretty ridiculous too. Um, not the worst one, not the best one. The control panel was just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just so yeah, ridiculous. It was so bad. Um, so we're gonna get into a uh, kind of a fun one. I actually like this next yeah. one, uh, even though it's pretty silly. Um, and it definitely has a lot of things to talk about. Uh, it's called the Fun House. <laughs> um, wow. Bazookas. Uh, I've been I've been trying to pay attention to also to the um, you know who's writing you yeah. know which one right, and right. you know who uh, to see if, if if I liked these episodes and then um, compare it to another one yeah, maybe you like and that they wrote yeah. yeah so I haven't seen too many of these guys repeating or... repeating yet besides Buzz Dixon but yeah. uh, I'd be interested because I mean mostly we've had like these uh the, you know Ron Friedman had been writing all right. the 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 miniseries. So I, I started to try and pay attention to these now. Yeah, I've been looking because especially once I saw Paul, it was Paul Dini, the one episode. Yeah, the Jungle Track. <laughs> yeah. Once I saw his name, I was like, oh, I know that name. So I started really looking to see if I recognize any names right. as I was going. I haven't been comparing to keep track of that, but I, I have been looking to see if I see a name that I recognize. So. Right. Um, so with the Fun House. Uh, we have Zartan breaks into a lab, which is conveniently called Lab Central. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, he kidnaps a uh, scientist named Dr. Hibbentrope, uh, which I tried to look up to see if it meant anything, uh, but I couldn't really find anything. It, it sounded German, and uh, <laughs> so I couldn't really find anything about that. But uh, So then that's really all that happens right then, and then we go right to uh, the Joe base, uh, which uh, Flint has a file card on. Well, re- well real quick, like, the, did you see the um, how how Zartan like captures the scientist? He pulls out like an aerosol can. Yeah, that's like a cobra yes. symbol on it. It's just like blue, like <laughs> cobra gas, and he just sprays it and knocks everybody out in the room. You know. Yeah, and the he cre- doesn't have, and he doesn't have a gas mask. That's what I was on. just gonna right. say. Yeah. Yep. It's a good. Th- it's a good thing the nozzle was pointed the opposite direction. Otherwise, it would have been over. He would just knocked himself out. They would have captured him. They captured him. The end of Zartan. <laughs> oh, one thing I wanted to mention about Zartan uh, is in these episodes, when I've noticed, I was really listening because you remember last time we talked about how there was Star Wars sounds and everything else. Oh, yeah. If you notice when his chest plate glows, it makes a lightsaber sound. Yes, it's exactly yes, like, yes. like <laughs> you know turns on, and you're like, what? So, um, very impressive. Yes, most impressive. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so we have, uh, like I said, Flint has a file card on Dr. Hibbentrope, and then he has a, there's another scientist also that he shows uh, that was abducted, and he wonders why Cobra is kidnapping all of them. And, of course, then we get Bazooka in his great wisdom, <laughs> thinking maybe he's trying to collect them like baseball cards. <laughs> he's just, like, over in the corner playing with his yo-yo. He's like, baseball card. You know what? I think Alpine's just hanging out with this guy to make himself look better. Just <laughs> right. in general. So then Flint wants to know what well, what's going to happen if he gets a full set. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, right then, uh, Breaker receives an incoming transmission from Cobra Commander. And Cobra Commander is demanding $60 billion in gold bullion. <laughs> and again, Cobra Commander calls G.I. Joe directly. Right. No, just on their this line. Is, this is, this like, is hey, not guys. one of these, oh, look who's look, he's on all the televisions. No, he reaches G.I. <laughs> Joe HQ directly. Right. No, it's like he's not calling the Pentagon, the White House, any <laughs> other government leaders. He's like, I know G.I. Joe has the money. Right. Just ask them. Well, and then Scarlet, who's talking about product placement, Scarlet said, or not Scarlet, uh, Lady J says, where are we going to come up with that kind of money? And Alpine pulls out his G.I. <laughs> Joe, Joe Express. <laughs> I love it. This whole interchange, like Alpine is just making fun of Cobra Commander all throughout. Like, yes. and this was the first kind of where he's just joking around with him, but yeah. it happens over and over. And to the point where Cobra Commander later on is like, I'm getting sick of this guy. Like, <laughs> it's so funny how Alpine just doesn't give a crap. Um, and of course, Breaker is able to trace the signal uh, to an island in South America. Right. And uh, Flint asks for volunteers to go after the scientists. And of course, all the Joes Yo, that are boy. there. Uh, volunteer. Uh, they arrive at the location and they take out the Cobra troops and vehicles. And uh, as they're running into battle again, Alpine says to Bazooka that he was itching for a good fight, which then makes Bazooka put his Bazooka on the ground and start scratching. <laughs> It's like, Bazooka, stop scratching yourself. Get back in the battle. <laughs> and Flint yells for some support. So what does Bazooka do? He picks up his, his Bazooka, starts running, trips over the vine. <laughs> <laughs> Takes out the hiss. I know. Like, quite like, instead of the guys in front of him, luckily, yeah. like Flint yeah. like, do- literally dodges the missile. Yeah, it launches right at the missile. <laughs> yeah, it would have taken out Flint's head. It would have just blown him up. Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> it's like bazooka damn it and during this episode too the my million dollar question is where's gungo's hat yeah he just goes bald he's for this. bald and a couple of these episodes we in in this group that we watched a couple of them he never has his hat yeah Look at all your pretty little what? hats yeah i noticed that too <laughs> like when they all when they're all at the base and he yell, they all yell yo joey's got his hat on but he loses it when they attack like it's they got just... blown off in the battle yeah <laughs> So then we have uh, basically the uh, dust. But, this, but this this battle though is really actually pretty oh, cool. Like it's a yeah, full on yeah. assault. You have multiple vehicles, actually lots of spotlighted characters. Like you're about to say, Dusty comes in. He's got a yeah. couple cool moments where we yeah. haven't seen him in a while. Zap yeah. is in it for crying yeah, out loud. Yeah, it's like like we really started seeing uh, kind of the next wave of toys that must have come out. Yeah. Um. Because earlier on, actually, I was surprised that we didn't see Lift Ticket. Um, because they were flying Skyhawks around all in the last episode, but yeah. um, I don't know if he had come out yet or not. Well, but... Lift Ticket wasn't Lift Ticket with uh, the oh with uh, the Tomahawk. Uh, yeah, the Tomahawk, Tomahawk yep. first. That's right. Yeah. So, 
Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, Dusty sneaks up behind some Cobra troopers, takes them out. Yeah, that was awesome. Then we get Bazooka, who gets ambushed by three guys. He swallows his gum, which makes him mad, and then he punches all the three guys. <laughs> Bazooka him mad. He like punches everybody. Um, so then, then, like, Flint at one point, I don't know if he ran out of laser ammo, but it, he just throws his gun at somebody. Yeah. And uh, then just, like, starts, fit, like, knocking everybody out. Yeah. The the other thing I love is, okay, so they take out all the ta- his tanks and the troops outside the temple. So what do they do? They kind of lounge around for a little while, talking about like what they're going to do. like hanging out, like tailgating behind the hiss. <laughs> like, what happened? I was like, you don't have the scientists yet. <laughs> I know. Bazooka brings up the cooler. They're like, yeah. Yep. Have a party. Um, <laughs> so then uh so they decide okay well now it's time to get inside right so then zap uses some of his explosives to open a hole into the cobra base uh flint lady J, alpine bazooka dusty and airtight go in and then also a metal wall falls down trapping them inside right because obviously cobra commander knew <laughs> that right at that spot is where they were going to bust in <laughs> right and i forget who says it first but at first Somebody says, it's a trap! And then <laughs> two seconds later, Flint, it's a trap! It's like over and over. It's like... They, they were trying to challenge Admiral Akbar on his, know, exactly. his famous line. Uh, so then we get uh, Cobra Commander shows up on a video screen, and this magnet shows up, which pulls all their weapons, just their weapons, yep. <laughs> up. And uh, he tells them, he welcomes them to his uh, deadly funhouse. Which, uh, which I realized he must have been talking to Arcade from the Marvel comics uh, with his murder world where, where he always had the X-Men going through. Where it's like, welcome to my fun house where you're going to die and stuff. Right. So, so they're, all um, stand, they're all standing in this room. Yeah. And then these, I mean, the one thing I love about Cobra Commander is he's never willing to just like line them up and shoot them. <laughs> shoot them. Right? Instead, he wants to have fun with these guys. Like he wants some entertainment. It, every time they capture somebody, right. he's like... We can't miss this opportunity to be entertained. You know, have them fight a bear or have them, you know, gladiator wrestle each other. Whatever, you know, it's all in day's fun. Have them fight electronic snakes. Exactly, yeah. So in this case, three doors open up, all right? Right. And he's like, you're going to choose which way to go, right? And he says, two doors are dead ends, you know. Hint, 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 get the joke. And then he goes, well, the third door leads to me. And and really, I mean, not to jump too far ahead, but... Do any of the doors really lead right lead to, to him? him? Not one of them. Not one of them. They all have like booby traps or whatever. So he says he talks about all these doors, and then Alpine yells in. Then all the doors are losers. It's <laughs> Cobra Commander. He was just like, what? What? He just so he's like so pissed off at Alpine. Alpine at this point. And I will tell you that these those lines like that is what made Alpine such a favorite character. He's so good, man. I forgot how good Alpine was, and he's quickly becoming right. one of my favorites of the cartoon. Yeah. Oh, I loved him as a kid. I just and I still love him. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So the the now granted this made it makes some sense, but at the same time I'm thinking Flint's setting up at least four of these people to die. Exactly. He's like, okay, well if I know two of these are death traps, Oops. I'm keeping Lady J with me, and you goons are like <laughs> off to this side, and you two are off to that side. So at least if I die, I die with Lady J. Well, but then Alpine points it out. He says, why does Flint always get Lady J? And I'm stuck with you, Bazooka. And he's like, hey. 
<laughs> so uh, so he tells Airtight and Dusty to take the door on the left. Alpine and Bazooka are ordered to take the door on the right. And uh, Flint and Lady J take the door in the middle. Which, at this point, I can completely see why Airtight always wears a helmet. Did you yes. see his widow's peak? Like, this guy is <laughs> yes. going so bald. Like, he's, he's got to be in his mid-40s, this dude. Right. So, Dusty and Airtight come across some balloons with Cobra Commander's face on them. Ah, now this I vividly remember from when I was a kid. I yeah. completely remember this episode because of that scene, all the balloons coming down. And Yeah, and dust, well, and also, isn't that a scene that they use at the end of the end credits? credits? Yeah. Oh, well, yes. that's probably yes. true, yeah. That's why yeah. you see it so yep. much. So, Dusty, who I love as a character, don't get me wrong, does one of the dumbest moves I've ever seen. <laughs> Dumber than Bazooka. I know, can you imagine if Bazooka went down this hallway? He'd be like, balloons. And just sit on them and like, eh. He'd pop them all. He'd pop them all. But Dusty grabs one of the balloons that has, mind you, has Cobra Commander's face on it and pops it. <laughs> I know. What are you thinking? And then, well, and then what? He, so he, the, the gas that comes out of the balloon is like some hallucinogen, right? So yeah, he starts yeah. hallucinating and he just sees. Uh, Airtight. Uh, airtight turn into like a Cobra Commander. Well, then he like pulls his mask off, and all of these snakes like come out of his uh, yeah. his sleeves and his head and face. I was watching this episode actually with my daughter. She's like five, and she freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no, that is totally creepy. <laughs> it is like one of the creepiest images in GI Joe. It is ridiculous. Yeah, because in real life, if you saw that happen, you'd be totally freaked out. No, you, it would be over. I would. Yeah. Give, I would be done. Which is why he just totally passes out. He's like, yeah, that's it. Air, airtight just punches him. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> knocks his ass out. That's right. Um, and then, uh, so then we go to Alpine and Bazooka, which they come across a robotic <laughs> car. <laughs> what the heck is this I, thing? I can't even get it out. It's just like, it's... Okay, so this robotic carnival barker well, you know, pops real quick, up. Like, was Cobra Commander expecting... Joe's to infiltrate. He must have been expecting Joe's to infiltrate this base because they infiltrate yeah. every single yes. base he has, right? Well, so he like, purposely made it so that they would find yeah. this base. Like, yeah, I, well, that's true too. So I'm, he went through so much effort to. I mean, I can just see him up late at night dressing this robotic yeah. carnival guy, right? <laughs> just putting the hat on, and be like, "Oh, this will be perfect," you know, when they come in. And then you get Bazooka who just goes funny. <laughs> <laughs> He's so eloquent, I tell you. Like really. <laughs> Funny is not the word I would think at that moment. No, this thing is like freaky and weird. <laughs> so it in the Carnival Barker urges them to go on the roller coaster cart, which I'm sorry, there's no way in hell. <laughs> yeah, why would you ever just hop in this thing? So they go on a ride for a little bit, and next thing you know, they find themselves being shot at by robotic cobra troopers. Right. Bazooka gets shot in the head. head. Right in the head. <laughs> And again, going back to Cobra Commander not wanting enter- – he wants entertainment. He doesn't want to kill them. Like, wouldn't that just mean Bazooka's dead? But no, they're like stun rifles or something. Like that. Well, and it's like right right as uh, right before this happens, like Bazooka's excited. He's like, wee. You know, like as they're roller coastering around, he's like so so happy about it. And then like blast right in the head. And yeah. me and Ryan were talking earlier today. We're like, why would you even bring Bazooka along like for any of these missions? And I was like, well, he does make a pretty good human shield. I mean, yeah. you notice Alpine purposefully sat behind Bazooka <laughs> when they got into this roller coaster. Which I don't blame him. I would, too. No. And, then, and like, then it comes to a stop, and Alpine's like, all right, see you later, buddy. <laughs> Just leaves him there, like, shot in the head. He's like, uh, he's sleeping. <laughs> so then we get back to uh, Airtight. And he comes across several giant jack-in-the-boxes 
that have uh, robotic clown versions of Cobra Commander popping out and like swinging stuff at them. Like they're yeah, like, they had clubs and yeah, a giant wadded yeah. up newspaper, a lightsaber like yeah. club thing, yeah. and then uh, you know, like a a polo mallet, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But I would, I have a brand new respect for Airtight. Did you see all the gymnastics this guy oh, was yeah. pulling out? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was like front flipping, back flips, like triple gainers. I was, I could not believe. Yeah. Airtight, like, ha- was that agile? I had no yeah. idea. He he's not as geeky as we thought he was. No, I mean he, I mean, uh, Quick Kick would be hard pressed to, to be yeah. doing those moves. That was, I was. I did notice also that the newspaper that the one was swinging at said the uh, Cobra Tribune on it. Ah, I didn't even notice <laughs> that. Wow, good catch. <laughs> um, so then uh, he, there's one last one that pops up and it starts shooting lasers at at Airtight, and Airtight's still able to dodge it, but then it it nails uh the brick wall and some of the bricks fall and knock airtight out. So he does all that dodging just to get knocked out. Yeah. Um, so then we get back to Alpine and he comes across a slick surface uh, and he falls down. <laughs> it slips right on his butt. <laughs> right. And uh, turns out to be pretty much a giant bowling alley. Because oh, there's a bunch of pins ahead of him. Yeah. This electric bowling ball comes towards him kind of like Razor's a Lost Ark style. And he tries to run. <laughs> It slips like five or six more times on the yeah. left. And I'm thinking, just go to the right or the left a little bit. <laughs> no, he runs right down the middle. <laughs> right in the and, middle of the pins, yeah. yeah. I mean, the these pin- pins are like, I don't know, ten feet tall at least. Yeah. And they're huge. And the pins get knocked over, and one of the pins falls on him and knocks him out. And then Cobra Commander's... <laughs> Some t- I forget exactly what he- he's like. I scored an eleven or whatever. He's <laughs> yes, he's that's right. It's even better than a strike. And they're like, he's so into this, man. He's so excited. He's he's loving it. But you know, all at the same time, all these Joes are like surrounding the castle. Yes, and, and he's just so focused on if he can knock Alpine out. I mean, yeah. Well, and then and we'll talk about like the other Joes trying to get in in because that that's coming up pretty soon. Oh right, yeah. Um, but uh, Flint and Lady J are attacked by robotic versions of Cobra Commander, um, who look like vintage eighty-two figures. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you look at where the the the, the joints are, the, and boy, the bolts, yeah. The, oh, I, that's all I could think of was eighty-two. But figures. these these <laughs> things, these Such these robots, lab. right? I mean, they must have been made out of like like old rusted steel and wood or something. The way they like clomp around is like clunk, yeah. clunk, squeak, clunk, clunk. But at the same time, they have the most advanced artificial intelligence because they can talk with each other <laughs> exactly. and talk with Cobra Commander. I'm like, why didn't they use this type of intelligence in the bats later on? <laughs> well, I know. Well, they're just like this weird metal, you know, just sound as they're walking around. But sure enough, one, like, okay, so uh, Lady J's, like, blasting them all, takes takes out five or six of them or whatever, mm-hmm. and then uh, du- or Flint's sitting here wrestling with one of them, and he's right. kind of in the line of fire as Lady J wants to take out the last guy. Yeah. And she's sitting there holding her pistol, right? That She's like, oh, you're in the way. You, you're blocking my shot. And this robot comes, you know, you just hear it coming from a mile away. It's like clink, yeah. clonk, clink, <laughs> sneaks up on Lady J, and then just kung fu grip karate chops her. In the back of the head and knocks her out. I'm like, Lady J, seriously? Which this is when Flint lights up. Yeah, Flint, oh, that's when he's like, it's on. Oh, yeah. Flint becomes the man after this. Because <laughs> he karate chops the one's head off. Oh, I know. I was like, that hand. is intense. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he really pulls back, too. He's like, oh, it's coming. And he's like, <laughs> you hurt my woman. I know. He runs over to Lady J. He gets surrounded by the other robots. And he just, like, knocks them down because they fall down like dominoes. 
there's like six of them that just come up and surround him, right? Yeah. And he just like sweeps the leg of the first dude, just kicks his legs out from under him, and then just like clunk, 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 clunk. He knocks the other five down. So then he goes running, and he, I think he does have one of the blasters at this point from one of the robots. Well, as yes. the last guy was falling, he snags it out of the That's air. Right. Yeah. And uh, Cobra Commander orders the robots to chase after him. Uh, he finds himself in a giant arena because Cobra Commander loves his arenas. <laughs> like, that's the centerpiece of every Cobra base. They're like, oh, right. why are we building this again? You just know they're going to break in. Right. Um, he He's dot. I mean, this is really when Flint shows his stuff. He's oh, dodging God. blaster shots from Cobra Commander. He's also dodging the fire, uh, the shots being fired by the robots. He takes out the blaster. I mean, he's pissed. He's like, you took out my woman. <laughs> yeah, you can tell, man. It was a pretty cool scene for Flint. Yeah, so um, he shoot. He finally shoots. Uh, I think it was like this uh, radio tower down right, and, and starts climbing up. And Cobra Commander escapes and, and everything. While all this is happening, Zap finally finds the right amount of explosives to bring down the metal door. Which I realize Zap is the same voice as Roadblock, but with like yes. a Mexican accent. Yes, <laughs> a very bad Mexican accent. Like it's basically Roadblock, you know. <laughs> the thing I noticed with this, I was like, why do they keep trying to blast down the metal door? There's a bunch of stone around the metal door. <laughs> <laughs> That's just as thick as the metal door, you know, just like stacked blocks. Right? You've been Instead. able to blast. Yeah, you've been able to blast the stone before. Why yeah, not? to get to this point, right. Right. Why not just blast the stone again? Nope. That's so. going to show us stuff. <laughs> He's like, this is the only episode I'm in, guys. i got to show you how good I am. <laughs> so Cobra Commander, Zartan, and Baroness escape, and Flint is left in the control center. Uh, he he finds the reset button to the bomb with Lady J's Wait, help. Yeah, I don't get all this. This is this was very weird. <laughs> yeah. So he pushes it, but all it does is reset the timer back to three minutes. Now, personally, I'm thinking, let's call the bomb squad, and I'll just keep sitting here pushing the reset exactly. button. Exactly. <laughs> like, he could be there indefinitely. You know, he's like, okay, look, as long as I know I can get out of here in three minutes, I'll just push this till everybody evacuates. Like, right. just keep and pushing then, it. Yeah, keep pushing it. Get the bomb squad out there. They can dismantle all the bombs, and you just keep pushing the reset button. <laughs> um, so the Joes all collect each other because <laughs> right. some of them are knocked out. Everybody who's knocked out, right? <laughs> Um, and they start fleeing. Uh, Flint is the last one to leave, uh, and he comes across Dusty, who's still knocked out. And I'm sorry, I would try to wake him up. <laughs> right, he just picks him up, throws him yeah, on so his back. Walks out. Yep, puts him in the sky striker. But even, but even Bazooka is better. Yeah, and he like, got, shot, he in got shot in the head, man. <laughs> He's all sitting there in the roller coaster, like I saved your seat. You know, like they all come running up, and they all just hop back in the roller coaster and zoom yep. their way out. Yep, and uh, Lady J throws one of her spears that blows up the wall, so that's way. Which Zap is like, I just need to get some spears. Like, I cannot <laughs> blow up this door for anything. But Lady J throws one spear at the wall, kaboom, huge, huge hole. Right. Um. So <laughs> he gets, uh, like I said, Flint gets Dusty into the Sky Striker, and everyone's flying away. The bomb goes off, which is <laughs> the biggest explosion <laughs> I have ever seen. <laughs> An atomic nuclear bomb. I mean, this, like... Mushroom cloud, yep. It was huge. It was brilliant animation. It was, like, this fully painted background. I mean, it looked like the end of the world. I was waiting for it to zoom out to space, right? And you just this huge cloud, like, like blow up. I mean, I thought half the planet was gone. Exactly. I mean, this was just the most enormous bomb. It was ridiculous. The whole island is gone at this point. Yeah. 
and and of course all the plane all the Joe planes are fine though because the there was right. no there was no backlash no aftershock so, yeah. <laughs> and Lady uh, J's like Flint no and Flint flies out of the smoke because he made it <laughs> and uh, so then we go uh, and this part annoyed me at first but I'm so glad they explained it later <laughs> <laughs> because. We're at another secret base for Cobra Commander, and he thinks he's won because of the explosion. But then all of the Joes, I mean, like, every Joe you can imagine shows up. And it wasn't just, like, the Sky Strikers that just escaped from the island. I right. mean, you've got a huge squadron of dragonflies and wolverines. Up. I mean, there were, everybody. It was this huge battle. Like, they must have been waiting. Right. I mean, they had, yeah, Maulers, Silver Mirage, Motorcycle. Like, the yeah. entire fleet of Joe is... Converging on this secondary secret base, like I don't get. And and the thing was, when I was watching this, I'm like, and like I said, they do explain it later, but I was like, how did they know just to go here? <laughs> <laughs> right. So before the Joes all bust in, Cobra Commander, the Baroness, and Zartan escape. Uh, and I think this is where Zart. I think this is the episode where Zartan, like, uh, Cobra Commander, tells him to ready the Rattler. Uh, and he's like, prepare it yourself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Runs ready off. your own. Yeah. Yep, yeah. <laughs> And uh, Flint uh, then, uh, so then they all escape. Flint uh, reveals to the scientists, because the scientists were the ones to ask, like, how did you know where we were, uh, that Cobra, he knew that Cobra Commander was going to escape the first base, so he had Wild Bill hang back and follow him once he did. Right, because uh, he knew he would left. retreat. He, one, yeah. he knew they would win. Two, yeah. he would knew that Cobra Commander would retreat to their secondary base. Right. And we've seen uh, a pattern of behavior at this point. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was actually a brilliant way to explain that. Right, and if it wasn't Cobra Commander, you know it would have been Destro. Right. At least one of those guys is going to retreat and fall back. So the whole episode ends with this interaction between Lady J, Alpine, Zuka, and Flint. <laughs> Which um, basically Lady J says something about who wants to give her, uh, her a moonlit walk on the beach. And th- is it Bazooka that says he would or something like that? Or Alpine? Yeah, Bazooka's like, he's like, yeah. sure. <laughs> and then Alpine tries to step in. And then Flint kind of shows his jealousy at that moment. He's like, you and- do and you'll be scrubbing bathrooms for a week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, and he basically, and Lady J makes a comment about, you know how to keep a, a woman single. So... <laughs> Which that's yeah. not a compliment. Like no, <laughs> I get, why you're saying that to your boyfriend or whatever? You're just like, yeah. So uh, so that that ends that episode. Uh, was there anything else that kind of stood out for you guys, or anything else you wanted to comment in regards to that one? Oh, um, also the we we see now. Have we seen fire bats before? No, we had. Well, I, I think this is the first time one, we yeah. saw firebat, but it was all gray. You know, I always thought yeah. firebats were red, but um, like all through the next few episodes, every time we see a firebat, it's. Uh, so yeah. like a silver gray. Yeah. I, did they ever make a, a, a toy like that? Because I know the only one I knew was the Terradrome one, which was red, um, of the fire bats. I didn't know if they ever made the toy of the fire bat as it's as silver or gray or anything like that. Yeah. No. Well, I think they've done the silver version, but not like this kind of gray. Okay. Gray. But I, mean, I like how Alpine says, uh, Flint sure likes to talk a lot, doesn't he? <laughs> like, all through this episode and the last one, Flint's been in charge. So it's like, yeah, he just yep. gives lots of orders over and over. Yep, yep. Yeah, gotta love, gotta love Alpine. <laughs> all right, so going to the next episode, we have it's called Twenty Questions. Uh, so this one's written by Buzz Dixon. Yes. 
And I think probably the first one, right? This is the first one written by him? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. So, Which I think, going on, I mean, I, you certainly see Buzz Dixon's name quite a bit. And I, so I don't know if it's that I liked his episodes the best or just that he was such a frequent writer. I, that, I just recognized his name or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I definitely recognize the name. So, yeah, like you said, I don't know if it's because I like his episodes or it's just he's so prolific that you get yeah. used to it. But uh, we get the introduction in this episode of a fan favorite character of Hector Ramirez. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. I got to say something first off because, all right, Hector Ramirez, uh, you know, in the G.I. Joe Battlegrounds game that's coming mm-hmm. out, right? Yes. As you level up and stuff, you get him as a bonus card. Right. And my son, this is like nothing to do with the cartoon necessarily, but as we get, I was like, hey, it's another Hector Ramirez. And my son Connor just started calling him Hector Ramiro, like for no reason, just like <laughs> Hector Ramiro. And he'd be like, Hector Ramiro, you're my hero. And I'm like, what? Like he just would chant this to me. And I'm like, oh, it's, cut it out. That's not even his name. Like, you know, you're not even getting it right. And it would drive me crazy. And then sure enough, he's up here in my studio and I'm watching this episode and he's like, it's Hector Ramiro. I'm like, it's Hector Ramirez. <laughs> oh, I couldn't believe it. Like he shows up in the cartoon, right? It's, so I do have some information about Hector uh, Ramiro Ramirez. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's he's notable for appearing in episodes of G.I. Joe, Transformers, Inhumanoids, and Gem and the Holograms. Oh, my God. I had no idea. Yeah. He was a crossover yeah, character. Yeah, he's a crossover. Yeah. He, uh, he's Crazy. viewed by some viewers as concluding that the, that the places in all four of those shows take place in the same universe. Right. Uh, and actually, uh, Buzz Dixon supports that. Because uh, he said that uh, in his, he has a website called uh, The Many Faces of Hector Ramirez. <laughs> <laughs> well, he must have and, created that character and then just really yeah. included it every time he wrote an episode. And he said he even he came close one time to even including My Little Pony into the universe of those four char- uh, four uh, properties. <laughs> oh. Because he was going to in the movie he was going to have the My Little Pony character look for help and she was going to go talk to Optimus Prime and then go talk to Shipwreck. Oh and my sh- God. Just turn us <laughs> off now. We dodged that bullet. Oh my right. good grief. But yeah, I thought, I remember that Hector Ramirez showed, Hector Ramirez actually shows up in the one Transformers episode where there's that pseudo cameo of a Cobra commander and Flint's daughter shows up and stuff like Flint and Lady A's oh, daughter. Oh yeah, yeah. Hector Ramirez shows up in that episode. <laughs> Um, so it's a nice thing out there. Now the Inhumanoids, he actually shows up quite a bit. He shows up as always being this vocal person against the, um, the earth team that goes up against the Inhumanoid creatures and stuff like that. Uh, Jim and the Holograms, I have no idea because I don't remember those episodes. My sister watched them and I would, I watched some of them, but, uh, when she, Ryan, I bet it was truly outrageous. I'm sure it was. Truly, truly truly (laughs) outrageous. Um, during the, the DIC animated G.I. Joe series, um, there's a, a reporter that goes by the name of Jose Rivera that bears a more than striking uh, resemblance to Hector Ramirez and uh, in both uh, looks and personality. Uh, and he, it's possible that the characters were meant to be one and the same person. So um, further evidence supports this. Uh, in the season one episode, Injustice and the Cobra Way, which featured a front page newspaper article written by Rivera, yet it's credited entirely to Ramirez. So, <laughs> so it uh, looks like once we get to the DIC 
cartoons, uh, we might not be done with that type of character of Hector Ramirez. It just might be a different name. So, but, uh, but I remember seeing him in this episode and being like, yes, I recognize him. (laughs) (laughs) Hector Ramirez. Yes. Um, all right. So we have the Joes are in the middle of a training exercise. Which this was pretty cool just to see them like an off duty, you know, kind of honing their skills and all that kind of stuff. They shoot like flower at flower bags. That was pretty cool. Yeah. They're launching them. Um, Shipwreck does a dramatic fake Oh, this is ridiculous! That was so bad! He's all, like, <laughs> kicking his leg off to the side, yeah. which is so terrible. When he gets hit with a laser and he actually says something like that he thinks it, it should have won an Academy Award for it or something like that. Brave. Um, Cover Girl, who's flying over overhead, notices that there's civilians in the area, and she orders a ceasefire. Uh, and the civilians are a cameraman that's named Tom, whose voice, he only speaks twice, but both times, I swear to God, his voice was completely different <laughs> from each other. <laughs> um, there's a con- conspiracy wacko uh, guy named Arnold, uh, who thinks that G.I. Joe is is all a hoax. And then uh, there's a the a news personality guy, Hector Ramirez, who's the host of the television show called 20 Questions. And just to let you know, also, one of the things I found out when I was researching him was that the show 20 Questions is also what he's known for in the other universes as well. Oh, okay. Right. So, that's ongoing, too. It's nice and consistent, so... Um, and, I mean, th- I mean, we're totally going to give it away, or I am here at this point, but this conspiracy theorist guy, the second he talked... that. Everybody knew he was a Cobra in disguise, right? <laughs> See, here's the thing. I honestly was fooled again. Were you really? No yes. way. <laughs> I knew. Let's, let's, I like. I, I hadn't seen this in a while, and but it almost seems like that shady guy in the background. You just every time it's the Baroness, and, or it's well, like. Uh, and the, here's Zartan. the thing with it. Well, here's the thing with it too. As I, the reason I was fooled was because my mind wants to think that these stories are more complicated, <laughs> and it can't possibly be. The guy who's obvious, it's got to be somebody else. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I don't know. Like, I thought and at first, the second I saw him, I thought, oh, he's just a, you know, because he's all downplaying uh, yeah. Cobra and all this kind of stuff. But then, um, and then maybe, I don't know, maybe it was like halfway through, I was like, oh, maybe not, you know, because I started thinking he hasn't revealed himself yet, but then sure enough. And there's no way you can ever tell me that you knew it was the Baroness, though. No, that was what? <laughs> That was some extra padding and, and extra. And I was gonna say, my favorite thing is when he, when she finally reveals herself and she takes the mask off. All of a sudden, she has breasts. Yeah, I was like, whoa! <laughs> Hector Ramirez did not know that before. <laughs> not the best investigative journalist. So, getting back to when we didn't know that that Arnold was yes, the Baroness. <laughs> um, Hector tries to get Flint to answer some questions, but Flint states no comment. Uh, the Joes take the news crew back to the base and they promise them a tour. Uh, Arnold believes that all the Joe stuff is to be, is fake and that there's no such thing as Cobra. Uh, Flint goes to the rec room where the Joes are relaxing (laughs) and they're watching Spider-Man. Yeah, that was so awesome. awesome. I was like, what? I I had to go back and make sure I caught that right. (laughs) Which, which remember at the end of the episodes, they show Sunbow and Marvel Studios. That's true. So that, that's why. But yeah, that was In these episodes, it's not the first Spider-Man reference either. No, not at all. Uh, Flint orders Shipwreck to be a tour guide to the news crew, and he says he can't because he was killed in action. Uh, (laughs) Flint tells him to stow it. Yes. Um, 
after getting uh, more and more frustrated with Arnold, uh, stating that every everything's a hoax, like he shows Shipwreck shows him the training and all that type of stuff, Shipwreck finally decides that he's going to prove that Cobra's real by going into a top secret room because he doesn't close the door behind him. The news crew comes in behind him, and uh, he gets the latest intel on what Cobra's doing. Right. Uh, he finds a location where Cobra might be active and takes the news crew in a dragonfly to the location. Uh, the and Rip, I think it was what Ripcord and Ace uh, both come up to him, ask him if he needs a co-pilot. Yeah, that's right. And he yeah. says no, um, because three people are hiding in the back. Like, of the they, yeah. you see the tops of their heads. I mean, they're just like sitting <laughs> on each other's laps. Yeah, I I put down uh, John to to your point. I okay. said uh, evidently dragonflies are very spacious in the back seat because they can fit three people back there and still have enough room for them to hide themselves. <laughs> There's a couple times where these one or two seater vehicles. Uh, people just hop in, and all of a sudden, just very quickly, it becomes a two-seater, like side-by-side yeah. side even. Uh, yeah. It happens more than once. So ship, Shipwreck's uh, flying the Dragonfly, and Zartan, who's dressed as a shepherd, sees them coming. <laughs> uh, so he radios back to the Cobra base, where the Dreadnoughts are in charge of firing the surface-to-air missiles, because that's who you want in charge of firing oh my gosh. missiles. Um, he And Shipwreck notices the missiles coming up, and he says, Sam's, you know, we have Sam's on our tail. And they're like, what are you talking about? Which I thought was actually a clever thing to for a kid to learn. Like, oh, a Sam right. is a surface-to-air missile. So, yeah. so he does explain that. Um, he's trying to, to dodge, you know, everything. Which gives us the best moment ever in this episode, as far as I'm concerned. Which is <laughs> Arnold starts complaining. Shipwreck, without even looking, just punches him in the face. <laughs> Just punches that backseat driver, man. I mean, he just like knocks the crap out of it. So, which is a Baroness in disguise. Right. He just punches Baroness right in the face. And I'm like, I'm I'm telling you right now that if if Chuck starts becoming a side seat driver on the way to Baltimore, I'm just punching him in the face. Pull a shipwreck and just knock that dude out. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I love that moment because that moment honestly made me laugh out loud. Oh, like, me too, for sure. I, I, I made a note of it. I was like, shipwreck punches the backseat driver. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> um, so uh, they, he's not, he's, he hits, I think he hits some like trees and everything else as he's trying to maneuver and they end up crashing, almost going over a cliff. Yeah. Uh, and they get out. Uh, then we go back to the Joe base where cover girl's looking for shipwreck and she comes across Ripcord and Ace who mentioned that they saw him leave. Uh, they soon realized that Shipwreck left with the news crew to go after Cobra. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was some line about, like, uh, oh, he's a dead man. And they're like, why? Because of Cobra? And she's like, no, when Duke finds out or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, again, out. Duke was gone. Yeah. And then he doesn't come back until actually here pretty soon. Duke shows up. And it's kind of like, where's Duke been ever since the last uh, yeah. series, you know? Yeah. So uh, they run into the rec room and ask Alpine for his help in rescuing Shipwreck in the Rockies. Um, the Joes fly over the area where Shipwreck is uh, was last known to be, and Shipwreck tries to signal them, but they don't see him. Uh, Shipwreck is then hit by this the surface-to-air missile launcher when it tries to aim for the, the Joes. Yeah. Uh, he's able to disconnect the wiring to shut it, shut it down. Uh, so then Cobra Commander, uh, and Zartan order some rattlers out to, which they drain an entire lake. Yeah, really fast. Yes. 
very fast. I mean, it was and like, yeah. evidently it's dry after they drain it because the yeah. rattlers can just wheel themselves right out. Yeah. <laughs> and just take off from the lake bed, you know, just right. like zoop. Which is it's always cool to see wild weasel oh, flying yeah. a rattler, which. You know, like it's. I mean, it's just as cool as seeing Ace fly a Sky Striker, but we rarely see it. See but it, whenever yeah. you see Cobras flying a Rattler, it's always Wild Weasel, which is kind of yeah. cool. That is great. Um, so then we get uh, Shipwreck gets the launcher to work again, so that it then fires on the Cobra jets, and Shipwreck celebrating. <laughs> it's like perfect timing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Shipwreck celebrating it, but uh, which causes him to fail to notice that Zartan and the Dreadnoughts have catch, captured the the news crew that was there. Right. Uh, once inside the base, Arnold then reveals himself to be the Baroness in disguise. <laughs> and grows a pear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and not the pear you're thinking. No, the other pear. <laughs> uh, Cobra Commander reveals their plan to attack a chemical weapons factory. Uh, and that they've been like building this base underground with these drills and everything <laughs> else. Um Duke arrives back at the base, at the Joe base, and is told about what happened to Shipwreck and Ramirez by Flint. Right. Uh, Breaker then comes and tells them that Cobra is attacking a chemical weapons factory, and they all scramble uh, everyone out to go to the chemical weapons factory. Uh, The Joes find Wild Weasel stuck in a tree. Um, and they offer uh, his safety. Well, before all this happened, the the chemical weapons factory is hit. They they take all of the explosive gas, the laughing gas, the itching gas, the, <laughs> the tear gas, which, is, tear which gas. is which is marked so beautifully. I know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> laughing gas, like big. I know the explosive it. gas exactly is red and spread <laughs> halfway across the side. I thought that was great. Yes. <laughs> So, um, so the, like I said, the Joes come across Wild Weasel, and they, uh, they. Force... I think it's funny when he's he's stuck in the tree, right? And they're trying to get information out of him as this enormous like puma, like Rocky Mountain pumas. You know, you got to watch yeah. out for them. Is yeah. like climbing down the tree branch, ready to attack him. Yeah, and I'm like, if you don't save him soon, you're not going to get any information. No, they're just, just going to stand by and watch this puma attack Wild. They're like, oh, they're all standing in a group just watching it. Um. So while all the, so they do save him and evidently he gives them some information. Uh, while this is happening, Shipwreck and the news crew are almost killed by the drilling machine. Uh, but Hector Ramirez offers Cobra Commander an exclusive interview. He's like, er, hold up. <laughs> Which this is one thing that I found interesting too because the way Cobra Commander was talking when he was t- having his interview, you could tell they didn't have plans at that time that Cobra Commander was from Cobra Law and stuff like that, because he's talking about how he led a mutiny yeah. at Military Academy and stuff like that. So, right. at this point, he's... I mean, we're to assume he's still human. Um, I mean, I would think he didn't go to his Military Academy wearing a faceplate and stuff like that. But... Um, yeah, it's just a quick one-off sentence, but it kind of gives you a little bit of Cobra Commander history, you know, just yeah. a little bit. Yep. Uh, the Joes sneak into the base uh, through an exhaust vent, which was described to them by Wild Weasel. Uh, right. A battle breaks out, and the gas canisters that uh, Cobra that Cobra took from the chemical weapons factory are busted open. So there's well, now- just real quick to back up. Remember when yes. Buzzer was breaking into the chemical weapons factory? He yes. cuts a hole in the wall exactly where there aren't canisters <laughs> of gas. Like, can you imagine if he was over to the right just a centimeter? He'd be like. <laughs> explosive gas, the whole mission's over. Like, and he cuts a perfect rectangle, too. It's this exact rectangle, exactly where there are not any canisters. <laughs> it's amazing. So, 
all these things bust open. Everyone, for the most part, almost everyone's laughing, but there's some people that are itching themselves, <laughs> scratching themselves. Uh, some people, no one was crying even that I know. No, so I, I think it was just, yeah. the, they just played up the itching gas and the laughing gas. Laughing gas, yeah. yeah. Um, everyone's talking and laughing at the same time. Uh, most of the people are laughing uncontrollably. Um, and they decide that they all need to escape before the base completely blows up uh, <laughs> from the explosive gas. And at this point, like, Shipwreck's laugh was just like some bizarre hyena, you know, just like, yes. I couldn't even take the sound of it. <laughs> Him and I couldn't stand Zartan laughing either. Oh, that's true, too, yeah. Like yeah. that robotic. Yeah. <laughs> so the Joes and the news crew jump into the drilling machine, which, I'm sorry, would not <laughs> would not drill through dirt and still keep you alive. There needed to be some type of cover over you. <laughs> <laughs> and so the same guy who designed the thing was like, I know, I'll make a drilling machine. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so they get to the surface and they come across Duke and the rest of the Joes uh, outside who just arrived at the base. <laughs> um, it's like and, they finally show up. Yep. And everyone is laughing uncontrollably. Uh, <laughs> Hector Ramirez gives Duke a kiss on the cheek and says that Pulitzer Prize... Which, how does Duke not just punch that guy in the face? Like, <laughs> right. seriously. Um, he says he loves the he loves G.I. Joe, and this is uh, Pulitzer uh, Prize-winning stuff, and the episode ends at that. Like, Duke wants wants an explanation, and then he just yeah. decides, ah, oh, the hell with it. <laughs> a second thought, forget <laughs> it. G.I. Joe, it's over. You're like, what? That just ended, again, quite abruptly. It was yes. just like... Everybody laughs um, it off and goes home. Oh my god! So, so I mean, overall, I mean, it wasn't it was a good episode. It wasn't it, again not bad. Uh, I, I like it was it was just really focused on the whole Hector. I think it was, almost seemed like a spotlight episode for Hector Ramirez and uh, Shipwreck. Yeah, yeah. But and you know, and more than once, Shipwreck said, keeps mentioning, uh, you know, either and this might have been later on too in, in other episodes where he's like. How does a sailor get put in this kind of position? Like over and over, he's like, "Oh, this is a terrible way for a sailor to die." You know, when they're either right. later on in the desert or whatever. I'm like, "Well, then why do you go on these missions?" You know, <laughs> yes, you're right. It makes no sense for a sailor to be flying the dragonfly. That right. makes it zero sense at all. Yes. GI Joe will return after these messages. Welcome to a collaboration between the GeekCast Radio Network and the Pop Culture Network. This is From the Command Center, the podcast. I am your host, Steve Joe and Mike from the GCRN, and joining me is Zordon himself. Uh, oh, wait. I mean, Scotty Cash. That's right. Scotty Cash from the Pop Culture Network. And today we're introducing you to the audio version of From the Command Center, the podcast that will tell our intake on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the episodes, the seasons, and all that other good stuff. Movie Week in Review is the GeekCast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring in co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to MWire only on GeekCastRadio.com. Do you like retro shows? Did you grow up in either the 80s or the 90s? Then tune into Telecast, GeekCastRadio.com's newest podcast, Join us here on the telecast as we revisit some of your favorite shows, such as Clarissa Explains It All, Salute Your Shorts, Saved by the Bell, and much, much more, only on GeekCastRadio.com. 
Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to Tooncast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find Tooncast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in. Now, back to G.I. Joe. Now, we get to, in my opinion, the worst episode <laughs> Agreed. Oh, oh my of, God. of probably G.I. Joe entirely. <laughs> Which is saying something. Good grief. Yes. We've already had the Boy George Snake Eyes, and this, <laughs> this tops it as, second. Yeah. as an awful, awful, awful episode. No, okay. <laughs> Cut to the quick there, man. Come on. <laughs> now, this is awful. Yes. Yeah. No, well, I will say, though, and I'll give you plenty of reasons why as we go throughout. This is one of Destro's best episodes. <laughs> and I, I don't know if you remember the specific instances, and I'll point them out as we get to them. But, like, Destro okay. was blowing me away. Like, he did. He was doing some pretty awesome stuff in this. Everybody <laughs> else just blew it. It was a stupid episode. It was terrible. Okay. So, we have, uh, it's called the Greenhouse Effect. And it's written by Gordon Kent. I hope he doesn't write any more of these episodes. <laughs> and if he does, like I'll, I'll put. Oh no, he wrote Cobra's Candidate. That's right. Same okay. Guy. What a which turf. that was. Eh. <laughs> we'll get to Better that than one. Better than this one, yeah. Yeah, we get to it, this. It's only going up from his first one. Right. We'll, we'll get to that one later. Uh, and so we have a scientist is showing the Joes uh, a new rocket fuel that's being created, and it has to be stay at its unstable so it has to stay at a certain temperature uh the joes are there to actually guard the fuel but barbecue takes it upon himself to review the scientist's work <laughs> i know it's like barbecue what like barbecue goes over and grabs his clipboard and like bumps the scientist away just knocks like, him out of the way he's like give me an air <laughs> and this scientist looks almost exactly like dr lucifer but with black i'm like this is not a good disguise dr lucifer <laughs> so uh there's a janitor uh, at the facility, who's actually a crimson guard? <laughs> what? No, okay. This whole thing is so. I thought for sure it was like Zartan. And it was Scott, fairness. Or, I or thought fairness, for sure, yeah. you know, exactly undercover because I, it, his voice sounded familiar for one thing. So it was obviously one of the main actors, kind of right, being you know, recast in this like lower role, and he is just kicking the crap out of everybody, you know, <laughs> through almost through this whole episode. So I thought there's got to be somebody in disguise. But no, it's just some random Cobra guy. I just yeah. couldn't believe it that they didn't take advantage of that. Although I did say if the if this janitor was an example of what the Crimson Guard were like, it's no wonder that Cobra loses all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, he did pretty good on his own, but as soon as he like got put in a corner, he just... He's not exactly what I would pick as if I'm looking for elite fighters. <laughs> right, I know. Well, you know, it's like, what? well, I don't know. Okay, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so anyways... Um, so he reports the Cobra Commander. He's like in a broom closet, and he reports in his Crimson Guard number nine. <laughs> yes, yeah, number nine. And uh, I don't just say number one. Like apparently one through eight. If they're if they're in order of how good they are, one through eight, we're doing something else entirely. <laughs> they were they were busy setting up some of the future plans because Cobra Commander knew this one was going to fail. <laughs> uh, um, so he he tells them about the fuel and is or he's actually ordered to go obtain it. Uh, which he doesn't really want to do, <laughs> um, but he actually ends up doing. Yeah, well, actually, he well at least yeah. gets it. He gets yeah. it out of the drill base. 
Yeah, so the, uh, well, he is going up against Bazooka. <laughs> so. Okay, that's true. I mean, but there's so barbecue the jan- and Wild Billy's got to take out also. So the janitor enters the, the area and pretends to be a little clumsy at first, and then he reveals himself as an attacker. Uh, he launches a bucket onto Barbecue's foot. Yeah, it like slides across the floor <laughs> and, and then just in a weird way. Which, like Which then Wild Bill and uh, Bazooka are spending their time trying to get the bucket off of them instead of trying to stop the attacker. <laughs> They're like, oh, this bucket, we got to get it off. Uh, he he steals the fuel. Uh, well, and the other thing he does, he throws the mop at Alpine's face. <laughs> it like, sticks to him like a plunger. It's like, <laughs> and Alpine cannot head. get it off. I know. He's like, oh, it's, I can't breathe. <laughs> it's like an alien or something. You know, yeah. it's like alien just like sticks to the front of his face and he can't. Yep. So he steals the fuel out of uh, the container that's in because evidently there's not a pass key you need to get to it. He just right. opens the nope. door, grabs just it. Grab it, yoink. Uh, he jumps onto a light fixture and Alpine grabs onto him. And he's like, and he's like, what? He's like, what are you trying to do here? He's like swinging back and forth, like, yeah. What are you in swinging. the circus? Yeah. I didn't know what. Yeah, I didn't know what his plan was. He's just swinging there. Like, then Alpine to... just grabs onto him. I'm like, this is a really sturdy light fixture. It's like holding, yeah. you know, at least 400 pounds of dude, <laughs> right. like hanging from this thing. And then I don't even know why Bazooka grabs a garbage can. Yeah. And then the guardsman <laughs> takes this as a good opportunity to launch Alpine into the garbage can, which did causes you... them to fall through a window. Did you hear the sound them. effects? It's like, boom. yeah. <laughs> Like the second he like just catches him, and it just like Alpine goes in butt first into yes. this uh, trash can. So then the window busts behind them. They bust through the window behind them. The guard, uh, you know, jumps out the window. The guard then runs down this hill, and the Joes decide to follow. But Alpine decides to climb down. And he's like, "Hey, come on, guys!" And then a while, Bill's like, "Mama didn't raise no mountain goat." <laughs> You're like what? And then so they go running off, like the opposite direction, like Wild Bill, everybody that was with him. But who so, stays? I know. So Alpine's like, all right. Well, I mean, this is Alpine's specialty. This is what he is awesome at. So of right. course, yeah, send Alpine down directly after the guy. He can probably catch up with him. You would think right. Alpine could catch up with this guy, right? But Bazooka is like, Alcom, <laughs> and he's like, the his first step over the edge, just completely head over heels. And Alpine even says, Bazooka, no. Exactly. He's like, no, I know your capabilities. You cannot do this. Right? He's like, you're my friend and all, but you are retarded. There is no way you can make it down this hill. And you got shot in the head last time. You've never fully recovered. You were stupid before that happened. Right? There is no way you're coming down this hill with me. And Bazooka's like, I'll come. And he just, like, goes right over the edge, right into Alpine. And they just, like, Princess Bride it down that hill. Just, like, all the way down. Nice reference, by the way. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I expected Bazooka to get up and go, funny. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So so the uh, Crimson Guard uh, gets into a town. He He hides into a greenhouse. And the greenhouse owner, whose name is Harvey... This guy is weird! Uh, yes. But he looks like a fatter version of the Crimson Guard guy. I, know, I was surprised at how like similar their hair was. Yes. His page boy cut was the greatest. It was, it was yes. just awkward. So he calls the cops, Harvey calls the cops, and evidently he calls the cops a lot. <laughs> yeah, he's like, nobody laughs at Harvey Lathrop. Yeah. So the cops show up, uh, but before they get into the greenhouse, the Crimson Guard stashes the canister into a banana plant pot. 
Uh, oh, to make such a big deal about banana plants in this yes. episode. <laughs> he, uh, he fights the cops, but then is ultimately knocked out by Harvey, who busts a plant over his head. Um, and he's sitting there apologizing to the plant. That yes. No, like, no this one guy understood. is a little weird. Yes, just a little. Um, the uh, so they leave the the cops leave with uh, with the Crimson Guard guy, uh, and we see that the fuel starts to leak. Right, uh, and Spreading it has, throughout the greenhouse. Yeah. Yes, and we and I think already it starts showing signs that the plants start to grow. Right, yep. just at the end of that shot. Yep. Uh, Cobra. Then I thought this was pretty clever. Cobra, uh, and I liked seeing this. Cobra sends several Crimson Guard around disguises just everyday people. Well, like like Tomax and Zaymont show up at the jail. Okay, yeah. which is like this building in the middle of town that just has a huge sign that says jail on the front. <laughs> just to make it perfectly clear. Right. So Tomax and Zaymont show up, you know, they're in their extensive enterprise business suits and interviewing this terrible Crimson Guard who got taken out by Harvey Lathrop. Yep. And uh, it's like it's like we have a brilliant idea. Yeah. You know, like the back and forth, you know, between them. Like, you know, so they send out all these Crimson Guards to go try and find out. And it's like, what is this town with like thousands and thousands of greenhouses and everybody's back? Everybody's yard? growing banana plants. They're all growing banana plants and they're like, all. It, sh- it shows an overhead shot of the city a couple times. Yes. And, and it's like in, in, you know, California or something, everybody has a, a swimming pool in their backyard. In this town, in this one weird <laughs> South Dakota town, Everybody has a greenhouse. greenhouse. It's yeah. so ridiculous. Well, they're all preparing for the state fair. They're, the county fair. It's the county, county fair. fair. <laughs> yeah, county fair. Thank you. Um, so uh, at the county fair, we see Harvey is actually bragging about his plant food that made these monster-sized fruits Dude, and vegetables. Man sized bananas. <laughs> all right? Um, and it, Take that however you want. Right. <laughs> It's wow. It's, <laughs> it's shown that the plants keep growing to the point of bursting because the banana like bursts out of its peel out and just nails him. <laughs> nails Harvey. Um, it's a good thing he wasn't bent over. So oh, yeah, that could have been really <laughs> awkward and dangerous. Um, which we'll so, see how dangerous all these uh the fruit yeah, vegetables get. Because with. then we also see a sunflower that grows and starts shooting its seeds out. <laughs> That's at a little bit later. Yeah, the the. It's weird how these things grow so large, and all of a sudden they just start exploding. Like the grapes on yeah. Grapevine just start yeah. shooting off, and then just totally hit one guy in the head, yes. and his head's like stuck inside this giant grape. And He's when like, he talks, it like echoes. It's like help, help, help. Yeah, since when yeah. were grapes hollow? Exactly. It's like it was weird. weird one effect. of the great lines about the banana plants, did you, as they're going around and and talking about the banana plants, did you pick up what the one guy said about? I guess they they talk about sleeping with the banana plants. And he goes sleep with the banana pants, banana plants must be from California. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the crimson guards trying to find exactly which greenhouse it was. She's like, "Hey, do you mind if I sleep in your greenhouse next to the banana plants?" And he's like, uh, "Sure." <laughs> so uh, Destro banana pants would have made this show much better. <laughs> De- Destro shows up, so your 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 boy here, Robert. Yeah, man. And he's All trying right. to reclaim the fuel, uh, but we get like some giant potatoes and corn <laughs> and everything, like just taking over the vehicles, uh, and it's working against both Joe and Cobra. Well, it's like you know, Alpine. He comes flying in and he shoots. I forget. What, what, oh, Alpine was riding his uh, the motorcycle. Yeah, the Silver Mirage motor. Then these show up way more frequently oh, than the Ram lot. motorcycles for some reason. But yeah, 
Um, so the Mirage, he's riding the Mirage motorcycle, and he just like, like Macross shoots these, you know, these uh, rockets off of the the thing, and just blows up this huge potato. It turns into mashed potatoes and bazooka, of course. Eat sour cream. <laughs> I'm just like, ah, oh, these two guys. I mean, this show could have just been about Alpine and Bazooka. They yeah. need to just do a small Alpine and Bazooka show. Anyway, so, and then you've got, um, but as he's, like, driving by and as he shoots those missiles off, again, it's nothing but Star Wars noises, like yeah. sound effects, yep. like, all throughout. I literally had in my notes here, Bazooka in a pile of mashed potatoes, Nuff said. Because <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't know what to say after that. <laughs> But and then uh, barbecue comes flying in and a dragonfly with with Wild Bill in the back. Yeah. Well, I'm guess I'm hoping that this dragonfly is piloted from the back seat. <laughs> because why in the world would you have barbecue flying this? Right. Flying the dragonfly with Wild Bill just you know playing sidekick. But anyway, so barbecue is actually shooting. You know, because you can tell he's the one trying to take shots at to yep. save the Joes from these plants and stuff. Yep. And, uh, then, and Destro, I think it's the canister first. Right. So so he comes in and he's the only one to actually get it. Right, and then Wild Bill uh, tries to get it from him, and uh, so they're kind of well. And then, and see, this is why I think Barbecue is was flying the thing, but because it shows him right. the most up front, like going back and forth with it. Yeah, and then um, you know they fire on uh, on Destro's Fang, right, and it starts yeah. going down, and then yeah. um, and then this is why I think actually they have even Barbecue <laughs> here because he stands up, you gotta put him and, out. <laughs> he like shoots like foam at Destro's controls, like, yeah. Because why? Did, yeah, I don't know. Why don't you just shoot him with another missile or something? But so the canopy on the dragonfly comes up. He stands up in the middle of this flying dragonfly and shoots his uh, you know, fire extinguishing foam at him. Yeah. So then this is where Destro he he hops up, shoots a grappling hook wrist rocket, okay, <laughs> that just attaches to the you know the runner of the dragonfly and scoops yep. up into this thing. And then just like beats the crap out of barbecue and wild, <laughs> wild bill, bill yep. and just handily tosses them off the side, which I was just like, oh snap! But the only downside was Wild Bill on the way out of his own dragonfly. I mean, this yeah. is just embarrassing for Wild Bill. So his only redeeming quality was that he grabs the canister of rocket fuel. Yep. On the way down. And uh, Destro's left with one of the large beans from the yeah, the it was beanstalk weird. that grows. Which actually yeah, so, breaks Wild Bill's fall. So. Right, so the, there's a weird beanstalk coming up, and as as, as uh, they're falling down, it knocks a bean plant off, and this one single bean, you know, flies up, and Destro grabs it while piloting this thing, grabs it out of the air. Right. And uh, goes flying back to the Cobra base with his bean. Yep, so Destro uh, tries to convince Cobra Commander that they could use the plants as a weapon. But Cobra oh, Commander's not, not convinced. He throws it out the window. <laughs> And in true Jack and the Beanstalk fashion, it grows and immediately and starts destroying the, half the base and well, captures. Like, well, Cobra Commander. Commander was like fed up with Destro. I mean, he yeah. takes him. Uh, Crimson Guards come up and grab him, and they take him down to the dungeon or wherever. You know, they strap, they chain him to a wall. Yep. Like he was so po'd at Destro. So, but then right, perfect timing. This this huge bean plant comes cr- crashing in yep. and grabs Cobra Commander uh, like this live bean vine, whatever. Yep. And and I even made a comment too, like, um, didn't Cobra try the deadly plant thing once already and it yeah, failed exactly. miserably? Yeah. <laughs> that was one of Destro's main plans, except that it was destroyed by water. Like that's yeah. a terrible. <laughs> so so this 
this time Destro's like, no, really, here's we can do the deadly plant thing. I've learned from my mistakes. <laughs> no, this deadly plant is way better than my last one. Trust me. Not only are we going to do deadly plants, we're going to cultivate Chicago. That yes. was the oh best line. It was yeah. weird. Yeah, Love like, that. They decided to... So Yeah, so they take it to Chicago. This whole plan of... Yeah. Just launching these mutated uh, vegetables all over the place, yeah. Specifically at Chicago. Yep. So yeah, they're spawning these large plants all over the place. There was uh, orange, which I'm I don't know if the writers realize this, but an orange comes from a tree. (laughs) (laughs) So could you imagine how big that tree would have to be to have these oranges that all orange bigger than a car, just roll over the cars, yeah, drop out of the sky and just the tree would have to be the size of a skyscraper. Well, they're taking over, so... Right. So, uh, Alpine, there was a lot of focus on Alpine fighting the Crimson Twins. Uh, in Which, their, this was kind of weird, because Alpine just, like, all right, got to get to the Crimson Twins. Instead of going into the building, maybe taking an <laughs> elevator, Yeah. Uh, he just climbs up the side of the extensive Enterprises skyscraper, just like, yep. do-do-do-do, just climbs up the side. Yep. And then, uh, and then uh, Tomax and Zamot, who are on the top, the, the roof of the building kind of shooting out these seeds and beans and yeah out of a cannon, <laughs> a vegetable cannon. <laughs> and when he knocks them off their gliders, they throw a, a lettuce seed down. To <laughs> oh, catch well, it. well, we should say, so, so the, the, the Crimson Twins are up and they see, you know, uh, Alpine coming up. So um, they just jump off the edge, right? Or yeah. they fight a little bit, but they jump off the edge and they have gliders like sitting off to the side of the building instead of right on the roof for some reason. Yeah. But they um, you know, take off in their – what are those called, those specific gliders that have jet packs? The claws. Oh, jet the claws. Claw. Yeah. yeah, the claws. Yeah, the Cobra claws. So they've got a couple of those. And they're, like, swinging around all King Kong style with, with Alpine, you know, climbing down the side. And, of course, he jumps on the back of one right, and ends up taking them both out. And as we've determined, the Crimson Twins are nuts. So um, – <laughs> But they, they throw the lettuce seed down. The one thing I noticed, I said, I don't know about people's experience with lettuce, but a head of lettuce is not something I'd want to la- have as a, to cushion my fall because the middle of a head of lettuce is pretty solid. <laughs> you can just hear him, like, landing the lettuce, just bone-crushing, just <laughs> <Right>. like, ah. <laughs> like, oh, crap. Um, so then uh, Airtight actually comes up with a counter-serum type thing that he tests on a giant cucumber. I'm sure there was no hidden message in that. <laughs> Um, well, right before that, like Destro flies through a celery stalk. Yes. Uh, or no, no, Destro he flies around it, but then Wild Bill just cuts right through right the middle through of it. it, like just his the rotors on his helicopter just buzz right through the celery stalk. And right then, we need a bazooka to be like salad. <laughs> <laughs> Yum. Yum. Um. So they found out that the the serum worked. So the right. Joes decide to seed the rain clouds. To yeah, they pour all this like crystallized weed killer into the rain clouds, and so it yeah. rains down this kind of like weed killer rain. And I don't know how they knew it was going to rain, or how they made it rain, or anything like that. And barbecue, I mean, there were so many bad jokes in this. Barbecue says like, uh, you know, if 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 our plan don't work, we'll buy lots of stock and salad forks. <laughs> like, oh, terrible! Hey, barbecue, go home. So <laughs> it does work. All the all the stuff shrinks, uh, okay. and then we close in on Harvey is back at the fair and is bragging about how everything happened and how he wasn't scared. Airtight grabs like a cardboard cutout of a corn, a big corn piece of cob. corn. Yeah. Corn <laughs> cob and sneaks up behind Harvey and scares him. 
Right. So. Uh, bad episode. <laughs> right. So for me, like anytime Destro uses his wrist rockets, it, yeah. or you know, also I was just impressed that he was able to basically take out this whole team of Joes yeah. and return back to Cobra with something. It wasn't the rocket fuel, at least. But I mean, what what he brought back was actually. I don't know, effective enough for them to take over Chicago for a second. Yeah. So, but in general, I was impressed with uh, Destro in this episode, but that was about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did, did not like this. It was episode. terrible. No. Um. So then we get to the the last episode that we'll cover in in this episode. Uh. So we have uh, it's Hall Down the Heavens. Uh. Which is. Uh. Actually, I thought this was a fairly decent episode yeah um, there, there was a, there was a lot of things in this i liked yeah there was one really weak part but <laughs> but uh we'll get to that so the episode opens up with lady J buzzing low over the heads of duke and flint and duke tells flint that he needs to get his girlfriend in tow no he's uh, she's he needs to kick her in the afterburner yes take her in the afterburner and uh flint oh no it's some, your flying fool girlfriend girlfriend yeah yeah and Flint says tries to say something about it not being his girlfriend, but yeah. Uh, well, this was, by the way, too. This was written by Buzz Dixon, also. Okay, okay. Uh, GI uh, Joe in uh, in the episode is going to protect some uh, scientists that are going up to the Arctic uh, to find out why the there's a disturbance with the aurora borealis, which is actually causing the polar ice caps to melt. Right. So. I don't know Which if that actually makes no sense. Really <laughs> say, I don't think there were. There is no scientific like. I don't there's know no credibility heat. to that whatsoever. Yeah. I don't think there's any heat coming off the aurora. No, it's just a light effect. I mean, right. it would, yeah. anyway. So, which uh, I guess is why they're going to investigate it because that makes absolutely no sense. Right. Why is there heat coming off of it now? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, one of the scientists, Doctor Entwistle, is uh, not happy about the Joes coming on the mission at all. And uh, just then, a crane swings over, uh, knocking some crates and almost crushes some of the scientists. But the Joes, of course, save them. Right. Uh, Flint goes to yell at the crane operator, but there's actually no one there. So and it's not like this happens over and over. Like Flint goes to just beat the crap out of whoever was operating <laughs> the vehicle that loses control. Yeah. Like, it's just the first. He's like, "Who is that?" And he just goes running over. Like he was going to kill some dude. I mean, you could. He was running over there like he was about to take somebody out. Yep. Uh, so then uh, the team lands in the Arctic with some snow cats, which I loved seeing those because uh, I had one of those as a kid. And that was what? One, Sorry? The snow cat. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was one of my favorite vehicles as a kid. So Yeah, no, it's for me, like, I've always loved the snow stuff in general. Like, snow serpents are one of my favorite yeah. kind of Cobra Viper type characters. Yeah. And uh, the snow cat, snow job, all this. It was, it was cool to see snow job used appropriately. Yes. As opposed to Dusty going on missions, like, <laughs> there's no reason he should be there. Like, this makes perfect sense to have. And I wish they would have even had, like, Frostbite or Iceberg or yeah. some of the other ones there uh, just to really fill out that team. Yeah. But it was cool to see the... You know the all, all the Joe vehicles, like all throughout. You'll 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 notice I comment on the vehicles every time because that's what always sticks out to me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, well, and I believe when GI Joe the toy line came out, it was meant to be initially the concept behind it was to have vehicles were the main focus and the right. figures that's were right. the accessories. So yeah, exactly. And so. I mean, it really made sense. I mean, they had so many specific specific vehicles, and then yep. you know, it was obviously. Uh, a push. And uh, here, too, I thought it was cool that Flint uh, sends, again, Flint in charge through this whole episode. Yeah. But, but he sends Snowjob out to scout yeah. ahead 
Yep. Um, which makes a lot of sense to like check the so, ice and make sure. And yep. I was like, man, all of this for whatever reason, just throughout, um, a lot of things made sense, like tactically, a lot of things right. made sense for the Joes. So you could yep. tell, I guess Buzz Dixon was writing this. They really kind of yep. thought through things. Yep. As opposed to uh, growing vegetables, this seems right. like a little more credible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Snowjob actually comes across a giant crevasse that they actually can't pass. They were going to have to go around, so they decide to actually make camp for the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, while they're sleeping, one of the snow cats starts up and almost runs over several of them. Uh, but once again, no one's driving it. Right, but then so as it's about to run over, it's a really small, like, one-person tent. And it turns out Lady J is Jay. totally bunking it with Dr. Entwistle. Like, what are they doing in the but same tent? I don't, I don't think that was Entwistle. I think it was another lady. Uh, it was another lady. scientist, yeah. But they, oh, yeah, who was, who was they're the very similarly colored, but oh, okay. I don't believe it's the same peep, same lady. Yeah. Yeah. All right, sorry. So, it was a little chubbier okay. one, yeah. Oh, no, that's true, yeah. So, But they're, like, trying to get out of the, the tent opening at the same time. They're like, <laughs> they're, like, rolling around. And you're like, what is good? Like, you should and come up on them in the middle of the night. I think it's scenes like that that made people think that Lady J was a lesbian. Maybe. <laughs> um, she was kicking she that doctor that in the ass. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so then we have the... Uh, basically, they start. They realize that they're being sabotaged. Right. Well, <laughs> they they blow it up with the they blow up the snowcat with the yep the uh, polar bear or whatever it is polar battle thing. Yeah. So uh, back in the states, a maid is cleaning a hotel room. This was and, a weird kind of like yeah. elsewhere. I was like, what is going on here? And uh, finds the real Doctor Entwistle tied to a chair, which. Um, because, you know, that's where you'd put the captive is someplace where someone can easily find her. <laughs> well, and then all throughout, like, Dr. Entwistle was so antagonistic towards the Joe team. Like, yes. again, I just, I was like, okay, this is an imposter. Like, well, you just kind of know it. And this one, you definitely knew it because the voice was so horrible. Right. <laughs> like, the sec, and that's the that's the one glaring thing with this episode that just stood out. Like, the second she started talking on Goat, that's the Baroness. <laughs> right. Yeah, because it was still even this kind of German type. Yeah. Yeah, she was, was talking bad. to the Joe. She's like, "How very macho of you!" And you're like, "Oh, yes." So uh, Lady J uh, back at the in the Arctic, Lady J sees a shadow coming from behind the <laughs> snowcat, and she thinks she's going to catch the saboteur, but instead she finds a giant polar bear there that's getting into their rations. And Again, stuff. a gigantic bear. This <laughs> yeah. is like a cousin to the bear that Snake Eyes found back in the right. early miniseries, right? This, right. I mean, it's like, and they mention it later. It's a ten foot, ten foot you tall, know, yeah, polar bear. Um, so the what, the what I love is she throws a javelin at it, right, to stop yeah. it. Oh my and god! And he just was... catches it out of the air, and then very dexterously, like grabs both ends and snaps it in half. And I'm like, very, very deliberately too. Like looks at her and just goes <laughs> like snap. right in her eyes, snap, and you're like, oh, snap. like oh crap, like Lady J is just like it's over. Yeah. So uh, the bear runs off then. And Flint and Snowjob. Well, after it, like, grabs some supplies or something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they, because they follow it, they actually find a Cobra base. And <laughs> uh, Dr. Entwistle shows up behind them, which we already know it's not Dr. Entwistle, right. uh, igniting a flare and revealing herself to be the Baroness. Uh, right at this moment, a ton of his tanks show up. And yeah, and fangs. Just his tanks and fangs, like, just fill the screen. I mean, dozens and dozens of them. Yep. Um, they come out attacking the two Joes. Uh, they get on their their uh, polar ski mobile, and uh, 
but they're it's hit and they believe that the Joes have been taken out. Uh, so then we get back to the camp where we see the team is attacked. Uh, the rest of the team that's there is attacked, and even though Lady J tries to f- fight back and everything else, they're mm-hmm. they're actually captured. She actually throws a jab- explosive javelin right at Cobra Commander, almost takes him <laughs> out. What I love is like Cobra Commander is riding in this his tank, right? Yeah. And when the very first time you see him, it cuts to him. He's like standing in the side of this tank, like there's a side bay door or something that opens up. Yep. You know, and this yeah. his tank has got to be enormous. I mean, if you compare yeah. it to the the relative size. Of, Size as the his tank that say like uh, Duke landed in when he was trying to escape back in a previous miniseries, maybe just like landed in it. Yeah. Like the people standing next to it, you know, or if you take your his tank with the figures standing next to it, you know, it's maybe relatively like ten feet tall or something like that. Yeah. And Cobra Commander is standing inside this bay door of a twenty foot tall his tank. I mean, this thing is <laughs> just is so out of proportion; it's ridiculous. Like I find it funny that. The details of the vehicles are all typically pretty accurate, but yeah. this out of nowhere you'll have a side by side seated dragonfly, or you'll have this you know giant size his tank. It's just weird. Yeah. Um, so then we get uh, the Cobra troopers uh, go to inspect the wreckage of the Joe vehicle, and they find what they believe is one of the Joes laying there, but it turns out to be the polar bear again. <laughs> <laughs> master of disguise polar bear right he went from being 10 feet tall to being the size of a joe <laughs> right exactly and they could like go to kick it <laughs> like, uh, yeah. i know we'll kick this giant <laughs> fur covered joe uh flint and Snowjob make a run for it while the bear is attacking them uh flint tells Snowjob to take the cobra fang uh and to get some help uh flint decides to try to sneak into the base but uh he actually gets captured so there's a capture for Flint. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, and then did yeah. you? Well, and then right before this too, like Lady J, you know, Cobra Commander comes up on Lady J, and she's like reaching for her javelin. He steps on her hand. Yep. And uh, and he and she's like, "Aren't you the cockeyed optimist?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, what the what?" <laughs> oh man. So uh, so yeah. So we're up to two captures for Flint. Right, so I saw this, and I was like, oh, i got to chalk it up for Flint, and he yeah. gets captured here. So, uh, That's what I realized. Yeah, so uh, we actually get, uh, like I said, he gets captured. Snowjob tries to uh, take the fang and fly away, but a Cobra Trooper actually catches up uh, to him. And this is a oh, tough no, okay. trooper. Real quick, this with, is... the, with the uh, the polar bear, Yeah. remember when they first thought, and he was attacking the troopers, one of the troopers shoots him with the tranquilizer. Right, right. Right, and it takes one, one dart. tranquilizer... Right. To knock out this ten foot tall polar bear, I was like, "Wow, that's a pretty effective tranquilizer." Which okay. kind of explains later what happens with Snowjob, uh, or why well, it's so, why it's so urgent to get to Snowjob. Yeah, I guess why it's so urgent. Okay, so as <laughs> as they come up, a Cobra agent um, he has a sash that you know has all these tranquilizer darts on him, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, as he gets attacked, like it it the bandolier of it comes off of him and it hits the ground and all these tranquilizer darts like spread out. Yep. So while Snowjob and the Cobra guy are wrestling around snow, he kind of pushes Snowjob into the darts, uh, three yeah. of these tranquilizer darts, yep. get, stabs him in the shoulder. Well, after that, yeah, he punches the, the guy <laughs> knocks him out. So he's got enough strength. Like the earlier, this polar bear was knocked out immediately. Right. There was no delay. And right? then he, he actually gets up and starts walking. Walks he away. Walks away. <laughs> he's going. He's going on a walkabout, like with three tranquilizers in his shoulder. Yep. 
So then at the Cobra base, we see Destro actually explains that they are melting the polar ice caps to flood the coast cities, and then Cobra can conquer the what remains after that. Right. Um, we then see, again, Snowjob is walking in the snow. He tries to, to push uh, on, but he falls into the snow, and there's some people that find him, some indigenous people there that right. uh, find him, and they take him back, and they try to help him uh, by unclothing him first. And then (laughs) (laughs) kind of naked. (laughs) They lay him in bed. Uh, Snowjob is coherent enough. At yeah, he's still not knocked out. Like it still has a. (laughs) This guy has made some stern stuff. And he he he's able to communicate that they need to use the radio to and gives a specific frequency, which was like Joe something. I can't remember what the numbers. Yeah, yeah. a couple numbers, uh, and ask for help. So. Uh, back at the... Joe, then we cut to this awesome part. Yes. Back at the Joe base, we get Firefly, who finally yes. reveals himself as this awesome saboteur. Sneak... Okay. I, I, I Until we see it happen, I can't remember a time where Firefly fails in his mission. Yeah. I mean, over and over, we see Zartan blow it. We see Destro yep. give it up. We see, like, Baroness, Destro, and Cobra Commander constantly, like... Uh, Betraying each other and yeah. ruining the plan. But Firefly, you give him a mission, he, does. he goes in and gets it done every single time. Yeah. And this was one of the coolest ones because they really gave him a good amount of time to. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, this is really cool. To showcase him. So he sneaks into the Joe base. He like he uses some type of spray, acid spray to, to get through the fence. Right. Um, and uh, while he's sneaking in, the, the Joes are being brought up to speed on what happened to Dr. Uh, Entwistle. Uh, Firefly knocks out, he comes through the vent and knocks out Wild Bill. Uh, and then he... Classic add, gun butt to the back of the head. Yep. <laughs> Which didn't seem very powerful. He didn't no, like, he just tapped him. He's like, bonk. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. I mean, like, <laughs> it, it really gives you a comparison of Snowjob versus Wild Bill, right? <laughs> Snowjob's been, like, meandering through the Arctic tundra with three tranquilizer dart stuck in his shoulder stripped naked by indigenous people and still coherent enough to give a frequency on the radio while bill gets tapped in the back of the head out like a light just done it's over (laughs) uh firefly then uh puts this explosive element into the the joe's refueling tanks and uh because of this and then he he escapes and then, so again, yeah, like you said, he's, out. he's successful. He did what he did. In and out, did exactly what his job was. Yep. It was awesome. Uh, the planes go to scramble, uh, and they start exploding. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I mean, but, this is the first of a, a series of episodes where they lose their entire Sky Striker fleet. Yes. Like, every, almost every single one blows. Yeah. Except but not for, just blowing up. It's just blowing up at the back end yeah. well enough that they can all get out. Get out. Oh, that's yes. true. Like, yeah. Major explosions, you know. Yeah, it's seriously the fuel tank is just exploding. I right. mean, not the rest of it. Um, the only one that's left is Lady J's from earlier in the episode because right. she never had it re- uh, set up to refuel yet. So then we get back to the Cobra base uh, where Flint uh, has a mini laser knife built into his watch, and he it's uses going James Bond with this thing. Yeah, so he uses it to free himself and Lady J, and they start singing. Which brings the guards in. From the halls of Montezuma. <laughs> Terrible. And the guards bring them in, come in to try to shut them up, but they get uh, jumped, and they head toward Destro's device to try to stop it. Uh, however, Destro is there and stops them. Now, here's my question. 
does this count as a second capture of Flint? Because I say no because they never fully escaped the base. Okay. I'll leave it up to John because John is an unbiased party and all <laughs> in the Flint Joe or Flint versus Duke thing. I'm sure I'm sure Chuck would come in and say, No, this is a no, second capture, a second person. No, I, I think I, they never fully escaped because they weren't trying to escape the base. They're still trying to complete their mission. I have to agree. I you know I, I I I'm trying to be impartial here. I did make a note that this was the second time he okay he he got captured. So we'll leave it at that. I kind of thought the same thing. <laughs> to be to be fair, I thought this was a second capture because they were no longer captured. They were actually free, and they could have tried to escape. They chose not to, and they were put back into shackles again. So they got out of their shackles the first time, and now they're put back into shackles. So. I thought it was a second capture. So, all right. Yeah. To be fair, because if this was Duke, you know we would be all over it. <laughs> I would totally count it in a second if it was Duke. <laughs> right. So, all right. So to be objective, all right, we'll so, give we'll give this two and one episode to Flint. Yes. He's not showing a good showing here. Yeah. Don't worry though. Duke's still way ahead. <laughs> Duke still has double what Flint has. Right oh yeah, now. <laughs> easily. But I will say, Destro. This was a really cool outfit for Destro. He had like that. Yeah, that really big kind of gray park with the with still with the red the red collar popped up behind his head. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so we get uh, Ripcord takes uh, Lady Sky Striker as, as far as he can get it out to where Snowjob's uh, coordinates. Which I don't. Are. Why didn't they at least send two Joes? I don't know. I mean, it's a Sky Striker, right? You could you could have stuck somebody else in there, but maybe it's lighter with one person, so the fuel lasts longer. I don't know. Just, um, <laughs> I'm I'm stretching here. What you're you're, you're applying physics to this show? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't know. When they charge me more for my bags at an airport, I figured. <laughs> um, so he meets up with uh, Snowjob in the cabin, and he gives him an antidote to help him recover. Right. Um, then we get uh, Lady Jane and Flint are put into an arena and are forced because again, you need the arena. <laughs> And yes. <laughs> Cobra Commander loves his arenas. Yeah, um, every single base has got to have one. So uh, he's forced to fight the polar bear. Of course. Uh, they're chained together, so it makes it a little difficult for them to fight. Uh, just then, the, the Cobra base is attacked by several Joe whales uh, that come in. Now, this he mentioned this was something else that was cool, because very early on in the episode... Flint says something about how a hovercraft would be perfect out here. Yes. Yeah. Because they were worried about ice breaking and all this yep. kind of stuff. So they really set it up way early nice, on. That's yeah, what nice, the idea. Nice foreshadowing for it. So Yeah. Um, so then we have uh, Flint and Lady J use this time of the distraction to have their chains broken by the polar bear, which I made a note that evidently in true fashion, the animals in the G.I. Joe cartoons are extremely tough because I never knew a polar bear's teeth could break metal chains. <laughs> well, I mean, he bites right through like, it. One tranquilizer dart took this thing down. So I think if anything, I'd like to see Snowjob bite through the chain. So I think he could probably do it. He could bite through a chain three times as thick, I'm thinking. Yes. Uh, they escape the arena and uh, they head back to the device to face off against Destro. Uh, Flint decides to crank up the device. Which causes the the snow to melt all around the ba- all around the base. Yeah, which I kind of thought, yeah. You know, and somebody else screams like, "What are you doing?" That's exactly the wrong thing, but right. it kind of makes sense because then if the base, you know, if they can yeah. uh, unsecure the base, the base of the foundation or the foundation for the base. Yeah. Although I did make a notice, it's a good thing Flint 
Flint's plan worked, or else it would have been his fault <laughs> that all true. the coastal cities drowned. <laughs> that's true. Like he's walking a fine line here. He's just taking a gamble. Um, and it causes all the hiss tanks and everything else to to sink. But the whales are fine because then they can keep fighting because they're hovercrafts. And this was really cool to see the whales in action because they're like really cruising around. I mean, yeah. it was like fast paced, which uh, I mean, yeah, craft of that size in a straight shot just cruising along in a straight line is could be pick up some speed yeah but this thing was like weaving in between his tanks and like all over the place but yeah. it was uh it made it look really cool it made the whale look pretty awesome yeah um the cobra agents uh escape in a submarine uh but the submarine's actually crippled because it the whale sends depth charges after them charges yeah, yeah. like how did, how did they how did they know they were in a submarine did somebody say something or did they see it on a scope or? Uh, i don't remember I don't he know. just said drop the depth charges i mean yeah and the thing is, I don't know how they got away because their submarines crippled. Like that'd be a perfect time for the Joes to take advantage of that and go after them. But they just—they're just like, oh, they're they're crippled. Leave them alone. The submarine, yeah. yeah. Or how they get out of the? Ex- yeah. Ex- I, I mean, it exploded. The back end of it explodes. Yeah. But I guess they still get out of there somehow. So then we have Flint and Lady J make it out of the base just in time to see it see it sink. Uh, which I made a note here. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, or if you saw it the same way I did. I says, was it just me, or did the Cobra base pop up first before it sank? It like it looked yeah, like it was. Well, it looked like, like it was going to take was off. Buck under it, the ice like pushed it up. Yeah, and then it's dropped back down. It was I was like, like, is this thing going to take off like a UFO? What's about <laughs> to happen? Just fly off. Um, so Flint and Lady J make it out, and uh, the polar bear makes it out also because you don't want to have cruelty <laughs> to animals. And it climbs up onto the whale. We'll just and, put him in a, a fighting arena right. and like, <laughs> shoot him with tranquilizers. Right. And then throw javelins at it. Right. <laughs> it can handle the javelin, we've seen. That's true, pretty easily. <laughs> um, so the polar bear lays on, climbs up onto the whale, lays down, and falls asleep. And uh, they pretty much let it just... Stay there. <laughs> it took like I'll let them sleep wherever they want to. Exactly. So, right. so that was the end of of that episode. Uh, was there anything else that you guys wanted to mention with that one, or any ones we've covered? Um, I, I think the only one in that one is what was up with Cutter's mustache. <laughs> he tends to have a, like a nice, clean, and all of a sudden he had like a Fu Manchu thing going for a while. I, I don't know. It's something I noticed. I wondered about. Uh, the other thing too is uh, Snow Job, as he's like waking up, he sees Ripcord's face. Yeah. And he's like, I never thought your ugly puss could look so good. <laughs> and I was it's like, like, whoa. What? That seems <laughs> been delirious tranquilizer. Uh, it, I'm but if he talks to him like that all the time. It, I guess the other thing too is when they're on the hydrofoils. Yeah. Why do they look like land speeders? <laughs> <laughs> they're not on the water. They're yeah. not on the ice. They're hovering. Right? Yeah, there's like no, a land yeah. speeder all <laughs> entire episode. They yes. they float above like a land speeder. Oh well. Anyway, now did, did out of these five episodes, did you guys have a favorite one? Like one that you enjoyed the most? Um, I think the one that gave me the most entertainment was the Fun House. Yeah. <laughs> That was, yeah. that was my favorite one, like you said, for the entertainment side. As far as, like, action, I think the Hall Down was the last one. Yeah. Because it had the biggest battle, like I said, tactically, the, the battle fight kind of made the most sense in right. general. Right. Uh, we got to see a very um, situation-specific team, mostly 
centered around snow job, I would say. But I mean, yeah. it's like Arctic specific type team, you know, going to take care of something. Yeah. Got the spotlight vehicles we don't normally see, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think I think of this of the of all the shows we've talked about or the episodes we've talked about so far, I think this batch is the most uh, entertaining of the consistent. Yeah. Short yeah. of Page Boy Harvey and his stupid fruit, his <laughs> oh. stupid fruit and vegetables, you know, the four out of five is not bad. No, not at all. But you know, yeah, the, I would say it was all pretty much the same level. There was a couple big battles. Um, you know, we did kind of have that ridiculous greenhouse right. episode, but uh, in general, like it was all all on the same level of like pretty and competent. I, I'd like to say it's the last ridiculous episode we're going to have, but it's not. But. <laughs> But I don't think any of them get as bad as that one. <laughs> it's interesting looking at dates too, because I mean they came out like five days in a row. These five episodes yeah. came out. Yeah. It's like boom, boom, boom. Like yeah. there was, I mean, this was a week's worth of episodes. If you were watching GI Joe, you came home from school. Yeah. Boom, GI Joe was on, and these were the five you saw in a row, just like that. And I'm pretty sure as a kid, I didn't even like the greenhouse one. <laughs> no, I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> it was ridiculous. Uh. But yeah, so uh, well, let me go ahead and uh, we'll we'll wrap this episode up here uh, since we have uh, have our five here and we'll we'll cover five next next time for you guys. But uh, Robert, if you want to give your information, how people can find you? Yeah, uh, you can go to my blog, which is robertatkinsart.blogspot.com. It's where I uh, post up all the different on and examples of you know process examples, uh, different things. Uh, I'm doing right now is a bunch of uh, original art plates that'll go into the IDW uh, limited collect collection of GI Joe. Mm-hmm. Been a lot of fun lately. Uh, I'm also working on the GI Joe Battlegrounds video game, doing a lot of character art for that game, which has been a lot of fun. Um, so, and then also you can follow me on Twitter, Robert Atkins Art, and on Facebook. Facebook again, it's Robert Atkins Art uh, for Facebook. Cool. And uh, and your next appearance is going to be Baltimore, which this episode should be out before Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore. yeah. So that's going to be a party. We'll be at Baltimore show, uh, Baltimore Comic Con. After that, I'll be at uh, the St. Louis uh, Project Comic Con, which is later on in September, and then at New York Comic Con in early October. Very nice. And then, John, how can people find you? Sure. You can find me at uh, Facebook at John Thurman or at Twitter at that John Thurman. Okay. And then uh, for for uh, Star Joe's, it's uh, you can find us at StarJoe's.com. You can find us at on the forum for Geeks.com, where you can find all three of us at some points uh, posting on there. Uh, I know I'm on there every day posting uh, posting away. Uh, then uh, you can also uh, email us at StarJoe'sPodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail. It's four four zero nine four one J O E S. Uh, and uh, leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on a future episode and respond to it. And uh, let's see, you can find us on Stitcher Radio. It's the uh, smart way to listen, and you can find Star Joe's on there. It's a free app for your mobile devices. Uh, we're also part of the GeekCast Radio Network, uh, GCRN, so you can go to GeekCast Radio Network and find our show as well as a bunch of other shows, If you like, uh, especially if you like the 80s properties like we do. Uh, see what else? Uh, please leave us an iTunes review. Uh, we'd appreciate it. It helps helps the show. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that's about everything. Oh, I was gonna say you can also find uh, John Thurman in 
Richmond, Virginia, if you go to his house, uh, there are plenty of decent stalking windows that you can peek in and see him and his family. Hey, now. <laughs> so, uh, and, I, and I've taken advantage of that a few times. Right. Um. No, we've had, we've had parties just, like, checking them out and we meet there occasionally. Well, I, I will throw this out. For those of you, any of you out there that are planning to attend the Virginia Con here in Richmond in November right before Thanksgiving – uh, happy to have people here at the house. I know a couple of you will probably be here, but uh, yeah, throw <laughs> we'll be that there already, out. just hiding in the bushes. Like, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm there right now. That's why my it's internet just... connection was so bad early on. I'm just like tapping on your wireless. Right. He stopped connection. going with his neighbors, and he's no. I just I just flew to Richmond, and I thought if I was going to record this, I might as well be right outside. Right. Exactly. So. Well, All right. Well, with that, we'll go ahead and close <laughs> the show by saying the force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. Yes! Welcome to my fun house! Stuff it, snake face! Despite your rudeness, I offer you a sporting chance! Three doors, three choices. Two of them lead to dead ends. What about the third one? It leads you to me. Then all the doors are losers. You are beginning to try my patience. <laughs>